0: Welcome to another fun filled Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in a living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid the Kid. My partner, Miss Lakina McGee, will be joining me shortly. But for the time being, you can follow Yo Shirley on the Twitter and the ck 80 Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you go to the Google Play Store wherever you get your apps. And make sure it says Sports on Chicago. So make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today. You can catch all the other live shows that we have aired throughout the week, including Sean Mind in the morning. This show Second City Sports. What's up, cuz? And tomorrow, the Smoke Fells will be carrying you through your Saturday. So make sure you check all those shows out anytime you want. So make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, you can catch us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you want to catch the audio version of this prog- of this broadcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's War Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. And we are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And speaking of War Media, you can follow us on all social media platforms. Uh, at W-A-R-R Media. Once again, at War Media, W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support.
1: Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Sorry, folks, for the uh for the tardiness. Of course, you know, it took me forever to open uh, StreamYard up, so, you know, sorry, but I'm here now, so you know, it, it is what it is. But yeah, you follow me, Keenan McGee, on the Twitter and, a McGee, on the IG. What's up, Brandon? How are you? And uh, let's and, uh, hey, guys, you know what's up, Lamont? So, uh, yeah, let, mm-hmm. let's let's just get right to it because we got a lot to do today. We're going to talk about the opening day in baseball. We're going to have WGN TV's Larry Holly at the top of the hour to talk, um, you know, a little bit of everything, you know, Bulls and their playoff chances, um, you know, Cubs and Sox, and also, too, like, you got the Final Four coming up down in Houston, you know, tomorrow. So, also, uh, there's so much stuff so to do. So, yeah, so let, let's get right to it and so talk some uh, – baseball we'll start mm-hmm. with the white Sox. the white Sox got a nice win against the defending champion astros yay <laughs> well yeah thanks to thanks to a, uh you know a two uh a, a two run a go ahead two run a uh, single by andrew vaughn you know like look i mean they had the same problem that they had last year you know look, dylan sees, uh, the dylan pitched a pitcher gym you know they left about what nine guys on base and such so in this case, the socks were able to get out of it. You know, Pedro Fogg is from first win as a manager. So, so, what did you think about that? Uh, when you know, for the other uh, socks,
0: yeah, Dillon picked off where he left off last year. He struck out uh, seven guys through three innings, that was very impressive. And he was really attacking the zone last night, especially on the outer half of the corners. I really paid attention to his pitch count. Remember, looking out, I was one of the few that I was harboring about this last year. Remember, he had the problems like. Carlos Rodon did during his first few years in a White Sox uniform. You would get to a hundred pitches, but you only pitched four and a half, five innings, in which you had to come out in the sixth, fifth, or sixth innings of ball games. Last night that didn't happen. He, I know some people uh, had it was a little controversial where he should have been left in there in that seventh inning or not. He left the game with eighty six pitches, but he pitched his tail off last night. He was very selective within the strike zone. His breaking ball was superb last night, especially the slider to get those batters out. In particular, Yodon Alvarez and Kyle Tucker and Jeremy Pena, who was last year's a World Series MVP. So he attacked the zone. Uh, those Houston Astros here didn't know what to do. Now, on the flip side for the White Sox offense, uh, I know some people said, uh, it looked just like last year hitting for singles and blah, blah, blah. Remember, folks, the Houston Astros are one of the better defensive teams in the league. They know how to play of the White Sox. You cannot give up any doubles, uh, any hits toward the gap because these guys can take advantage of it. You didn't see that last night until you mentioned the ninth inning where Andrew Vaughn had to go ahead a uh, two run double to put the White Sox ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, they left a lot of guys on base. They left like nine guys on base. You know, there were some running errors too. I mean, you know, Grendel made kind of like a silly, you know, well, actually it was McCollin that made that silly mistake, but, you know, they were able to get out of that. You know, and, you know, c got a couple of GMs too. I think, you know, the Sox, I mean, the asked, you know, they also had guys on base. They weren't able to capitalize. So look, I think that the Sox were able to, yes, they show some of the same signs that they did last year, you know, leaving runners on, you know, scoring on base. You know, all the defensive error, well, not errors, but, you know, defensive uh, mishaps, if you will. But, well, mm-hmm. they did just enough to win that game. So, look, you, you know, it was a nice, nice win for the Sox because they're champions. Look, they got the best of them and, and whatnot. So, you know, but look, they got another one tonight. You got uh, Lance Lynn hoping to, you know, have that. You know, he had a great showing in the, uh, the World Baseball Club. So, we hope he can bounce, you know, he can have a, a list, you know, build off that. And also go you know, Christian Javier. So, that should be a fun one tonight.
0: Yeah, give Farmer Valdez credit. Two for pitching a heck of a game for the Astros last night. Remember, Lakino we were bringing up his name for Cy Young. I know he finished, I believe, fifth in the voting last year. Remember, he had that streak of, I believe, it was 25 straight starts with uh, quality. Starts, that means pitching six innings or more. And he, he did that last year for the Astros. Everybody was talking about Justin Verlander when he was with the Astros last year and Dylan Cease being at the top of the list for the A.L. San Young. We talked about Farmer Valdez last night. He picked up where he left off as well. And so the only person the White Sox lineup didn't do too bad. The only person that didn't get a hit was your boy Eloy, <laughs> going 0 for 5. But other than that, Valdez pitched a heck of a game for the Astros last night. And there you could complain about their office too, but Dylan was just that much more dominant.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens. if you bit off that tonight. Now going to the to the North Side, uh, you know, Marcus Stroman. You know, of course you had that was the opening day starter had a solid showing, six innings. Uh, no runs, eight strikeouts, just, just three walks as the Cubs shut out the Brewers four to nothing. Dancy Swatson got his first home run as a Cub. Um, so, yeah, so it was really the offense, also to the defense, too, for the, for the Cubs. You know, Stroma got into some jams himself, but they were able to get out of that. So, yeah, it was a solid show by the Cubs. And then, it looked, you know, six hits, um, you know, basically all you can ask for if you're a Cubs fan.
0: Yeah, I watched some of that game yesterday. And Marcus Stroman, well, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into some of this as the show goes on. But the, the pitch clock rule, uh, Marcus Stroman almost missed it a couple of times. So uh, one sequence, it was like six seconds left on the clock. I was like, you're not delivering the ball, man. At least start your motion. But uh, he did, and he got out of it, and and everything was fine with him. But he attacked the zone again yesterday, LaQuina. We talked about the Brewers last year. Just like the White Sox, uh, they have problems scoring, more so the Brewers than the White Sox. But the Brewers don't scare you offensively. And Corbin Burns, uh, uh, we talked about before, like, you know, as we, we did our previews with Christine Manica a couple weeks ago. He lost his arbitration cases. Now he's he wants to prove that he's worthy, worthy of a big contract. Yesterday, uh, it didn't happen because, the, like you mentioned, the Cubs took advantage of his mistakes. But Marcus Stroman pitched a heck of a game yesterday. Hopefully, if you're a Cubs fan, uh, he gets to stay healthy all year, unlike last year. And he really has uh, dominant stuff, and he showed that yesterday. And the Cubs, as we talked about as well, Lekina, leading up to the season opener yesterday, is going to be a challenge at times, especially with Seiya Suzuki being out to start the year. He'll probably be back by the end of April, early May, hopefully. But it's going to be a challenge for them to score in the way they have to score, at least right now. You have to take advantage of the other team's mistakes.
1: Yeah, well, and that's all strong. Money. I think I forgot, I don't know if that was... Uh... Willie Contreras, uh, you know Wilson's brother, or an, it might have been Yellish, but yeah, that pitch clock, you know, I think that, that almost kind of got got uh, Stroman, but he almost got called mm-hmm. for it twice. So that that the pitch clock, although the game itself only lasts about a little over two and a half hours, so yeah, you know, two twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, so you know, just uh, you know, just a nice little uh, you know, sort of wobble there, but you know, but but I think look, if you're you're the Cubs, I think look, you know, Treyman City, who you picked up, got a had a couple of RBIs, Young goes an RBI RBI as well, so. Look, if you're the, the Cubs, I think this is sort of a nice showing. You know, Danzi Swanson, who you know he's made over 100, you know, 20 million. You gotta think that you know, that definitely helps uh, them as well. He made a couple of defensive stops too. Yeah, so if you're a Cubs, so this is like a really good start. So they don't play again until tomorrow. So, but yeah, I think you know this is sort of like a nice showing for the Cubs. You know, it went perfectly. The game was under two and a half hours. So I think, look, if you're if you're one of those, I think you're you're kind of feeling pretty good right now if you're a Cubs fan, at least right now.
0: Yes, and also Jill, let's give credit to Cubs bullpen: a uh, uh, Box Burger, Keegan Thompson, and mm-hmm. Michael Fulmer. It looks like he's going to be their main closer for now. Uh, David Ross may still go by a uh, closer by committee in some uh, situations mm-hmm. in some games, but uh, because bullpen did the de- did the job yesterday, and if you're a Cubs fan, you-, you definitely had to be proud of that. I know it's just one game, but you had to be uh, proud of what happened yesterday, uh, trying to close out the Brewers, and that's what they- exactly what they did.
1: Yeah, they'll be yeah, they'll be back in action tomorrow as Brandon Woodruff faces Justin Steele, so that should be a fun match up there. As the second seed sports Uh Sports on Chicago, Lena like McGee, Cindy Brown, with you. We're going to be talking uh baseball for a little bit, and you know, then this segment, and then we'll, we'll we'll switch over to uh the uh you know the NBA. We we'll of course we'll have Larry Holly about one o'clock to talk about basically everything, also to his uh his marathons, uh, his love of beer, as we you know we'll talk about here. But uh, what what impressed you uh you know this? Uh, this past opening day. There were some really great performances last night.
0: Uh Adam Rainwright, the starting pitcher for the St. Yeah. Louis Cardinals. Uh, I didn't know he could blow. No pun intended. Right. That means singing uh, in the community. But I digress. But I didn't know he had a little pipes in um, a little bit. I'm not saying he's the next Teddy Pendergrass or anything like that. But he could carry a tune a little bit. He did the national anthem yesterday before their season opener against the Blue Jays. I actually had a chance to watch some of that life I was like okay, uh, like you got a little something, some as the kids would say. But once the game began, the Toronto Blue Jays bats woke up and they beat the Cardinals ten to nine. Also, too yesterday, Lakina, I had to, ch- and I know this game was on nationally on MLB, MLB Network with their crew. But the San Francisco Giants got shut out by the New York Yankees mm-hmm. five to nothing. Eric Judge, first, I think it was the second pitch uh, in the first inning, home run. So he's, he picked up where he left off last year when he hit sixty two uh-huh. home runs.
1: Yeah. Also, too, like uh, Garrett Cole, where he left off. Two eleven strikeouts, mm-hmm. only two walks, no earned runs. So I think that's like a, a record for an opener with the Yankees, or at least among the top with the openers. So I think if you're you're, you're feeling pretty good if you're the Yankees, I mean, hoping to kind of you know sort of make you know get that disappointment from last year uh, out of the way. But another team that really that really impressed me uh, was um, I gotta say Texas. I mean, they they held off uh, the Phillies eleven to seven. Some people say that maybe Texas could be perhaps maybe one a wild a wild card contender you know, in the AL. I mean, look, they got you know, they got you know the Grom. But they, it'll be interesting what what they do with that because you know, we'll see if they can do the consistency. We know that they got a lot of young players. They got Corey Seeker who had uh you know, got a couple of hits and um you know, and I, I think they, they got a they got a nice job. Jonah, Jonah him had a, a couple of RBIs for them as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just gonna see how the Rages are gonna be this year, because a lot of people think they could be the breakout team.
0: Yeah, the Rangers, they uh, they have the offense, but will they have enough starting pitching? It's been the kind of the history of the track released over the last 20, 25 years. I know they have the new manager, Bruce Bochi, but uh, we'll see if they have enough starting pitcher. Jacob DeGrode didn't look that hot yesterday. Either starting pitcher Aaron Noel on the flip side from Philadelphia, they didn't look that hot yesterday. And the roof was open to a Globe Life Park outside of Dallas. So uh, that was like a contributing factor as well as Texas scored nine runs in the fourth inning to break that one open I want to talk about another game real quickly I know we run up against we have a couple minutes left but Shohei Otani he kept the Angels Mm -hmm. in it last night but they lost to Oakland 2-1 yeah Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say the Angels are going to turn around I'm not going to say it's doom or gloom either but if you're going to give obviously give bad effort like that when Otani's on the mound you're in trouble if you're the Angels
1: yeah, I think if you're, yeah, I think if you're taking advantage of that. You know, he struck out 10. I'm talking about Otani, but mm-hmm. the offense didn't help him, unfortunately. So I know he's going to be such a trade rumors too, you know, these next couple of months, especially, especially if they have a bad start that people are predicting. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, he's going, to, he's going to be a name that's going to be looked look out for because, you know, you're, you're wasting his talent in a, in a place where, you know, they're not really, are kind of not going to want to win. So definitely, but, you know, he's still bringing records and such. So he could, you know, perhaps maybe go for a side young, which, that would be, you know, pretty impressive as well. The Dodgers looked good, um, eight to two, to win over the d Dbacks. Uh, I mean, you know, that, that like I said, mean, basically, I think the Dodgers, I think they have a lot to prove as well. They're kind of on a mission, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they may want to, you know, try to kind of get that. Well, Julio Huy- Urias had a, a solid outing yesterday. He had eight strikeouts. So, I'm a yeah. So, I'm six strikeouts to say so, only two earned ones. But it was worth the offense to kind of help them out.
0: Yeah your, yeah, your Seattle Mariners uh, tie France with a three-run home run yeah. last night in the bottom of the to clinch mm-hmm. it as the Mariners beat the uh, Cleveland Guardians 3 to If you're a Sox fan, you're ha- very happy about that, even though it's just one game. Uh, Seattle picked up where they left off uh, last year as well. No, the their season ended up horribly uh, uh, in the playoffs last year, losing to the Guardians. But uh, the Mariners uh, just find ways to get it done once again in, in, a, in the late innings.
1: Yeah, you know, the pitch clock definitely helped because I think a couple of times, you know, I think one of the relievers, guard, the guard three they could they got calls. That's why they were able to, you know, score that, you know, 3 on front, so they were able to hit that three-run home run. So, you know, yeah, I, mean, look, I think it was a solid opening day. Like I said, Adam Ray Wright singing. I didn't have that in my bingo card. So, you know, that was – but but even yeah. with the pitch clock, even with the pitch clock too, I mean, I know we got we to gotta take a break, but, you know, it was 10-9, you know, the Blue Jays beat the Cardinals, but it didn't feel like a long game. I think the game itself only lasted about like two hours and like 40-some minutes. So it didn't really feel like a like a long game. So, you know, maybe the pitch clock and some of the other uh, rules uh, changes might have helped a little bit. So, but we'll see as we get closer and closer, uh, get in, in go you know, closer and closer, we far into the season.
0: Yeah, I got a question for our listeners and viewers, and for you, Lakina, regarding the um, the. The time, the pitch clock, and the timing of these games before we move on to the NBA, and I I think I have an interesting theory behind it as well. So we'll sort that out, and then we'll get into the rest of the Bulls and the NBA as the regular season uh, winds down less than two weeks from now.
1: All right. So uh, you know we're going to do a you know really quick break, of course, as we get you know to we'll talk more MLB. I don't want to go too long into it because a lot of stuff happened in NBA. (laughs) uh uh over the week you know this week so i want to kind of get into that so you know a lots to do still you know in you know, in this you know, great show of ours and the next lesson that he missed lakina mcgee sydney brown sexy sports on sports So chicago more mlb and nba talk coming up right after this
2: this year my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school
0: these colorful binders help me stay organized these headphones are just what i need for studying
1: These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year! This
0: jacket is a real must-have! My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool!
2: These scissors really come in handy in art class.
1: These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver.
2: And I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom.
1: Trish is having a sleepover
2: tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only ten. But one of these days, a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy? I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no
1: thanks, not my thing. Mom! I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom.
0: They really do hear
1: you. Did you pack your toothbrush?
0: For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health
1: Services Administration.
0: Dr. J and Hudson to Sean and Maya in the morning. Coming back to second city sports on the fun friday friday front edition right here in real life and live color on sports Zone chicago i'm sid that's Likina. you can follow your shilly on the twitter and the ig at ck80 once again that's ck80 that's sidkida eight zero sidkida 0
1: you find my Kina again on the twitter and is gonna be on the ig we have less than 90 minutes left of this program. We
0: call a sports talk radio show Extravaganza. You have any questions or comments for us? You can always hit us up in the comments section at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Likina will get them up on the screen for you. One more question about baseball, again before we move on quickly. Uh, looking at this, some of the the times of these games from yesterday, from Opening Day. You mentioned the Cubs, two hours and 22 minutes. I know the Sox were barely over two hours and 35 or 38 minutes, I believe, uh-huh. and some of these other games uh, had around the same time. I was thinking about this yesterday. You know what the MLBL Fox schedule, they start tomorrow. Of course, you got Yankees, Giants at 3 o'clock, Philadelphia and, and Texas for everybody else in the country that's tomorrow on Fox. But you know some of those bigger matchups on ESPN and Fox coming up later in the season, especially with Yankees, Red Sox. Do you really want those games to end in two and a half hours? I know we want to see things quick to eliminate some of the dead time, but some of those games, uh, barely two hours and 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I think some of these networks may start complaining because they have at least three hours that they bought and paid for uh, to fill. Do you really want your marquee matchups to end in two and a half hours? I think by the end of the year, you're going to see the average between 240, 245, maybe even 250. But if you're watching Yankees and Red Sox, and the game starts at 6:15 and the game doesn't go off till 8:30, do you really, if you're the networks, you really want those games to end that quickly?
1: Well, I mean, look, I think if, if it's exciting, I think you know, it won't matter, Like, the, especially if the Yankees are Red Sox. You look at the uh, Red Sox-Orioles game, you know, I want to uh, give a shout-out to Adley, uh Ruchman, who a lot of people say could be an AL MVP uh, candidate. Uh, he's the first player to go 5-for-5. Five five. He had like, about five RB, uh, RBIs yesterday as uh, the, the Orioles held off the Red Sox now. Now, I will say this as far as the time, I mean, you know, for whereas I should say a rush, happen but yeah, I mean, as far as the time, I mean, I think I don't, I don't think it really matters if you're the networks. I mean, you know, yeah, you got three hours. Well, that's just more, you know, more time to show uh, A Rod and Big Poppy on your on your pre and post game show. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I know, you know this, this is the reason why they did this is because of they want to kind of give that, you know, give that, you know, extra time and such. You know, look, no one's, a lot of young people are not watching baseball like that. So, you know, people want you know, fast paced. You know, the detentions mass are not like they used to be. So, look, if it's look, if a network game is only three, you know, two and a half hours, you know, 245, okay, fine, whatever, bring it on.
0: But if it's 222, 225, I think those networks going to have a problem. But, like, but like you say, looking, like, we still filling fill out this process. I, I, this is going to be an adjustment for fans to uh, attending these games. And of course, your show is going to start doing it coming up very soon. But uh, I think if you're going to keep seeing this trend going, that the game's in too quick, especially for those national television games, these networks go going to uh, or uh, going to speak loudly and, and say something about it. But like we, like we said, it's early in the process. We'll see what happens. But that was just kind of my crazy thoughts that, uh, that were going through my mind yesterday. So I kind of like to bring these things out to you in the public.
1: Yeah, well, like I said, we'll see. I mean, like I said, I mm-hmm. mean, I don't, you know, like I don't like the three, three and a half hours, so I can see why they did this. So, but mm-hmm. you know, they. Works. So they I think well. They'll let them try to figure out. So I'm, I'm sure they'll know that this stuff will happen. But you'll see. We'll see what happens. And I'm going into the schedule for tonight, you got, of course, only five games. Uh, because some of these are a uh, four-game series. You got the Mets and, of course, the Marlins at 5:40. You got Daniel Peterson against Jesus Luzardo. Uh, of course, we talked about the Sox and the Astros. are game two, Lance Lynn against Christian Javier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rockies and Padres. Uh, you got you know Kyle Freeland against Nick Martinez. Uh, of course, Diamond Badd and uh, the Dodgers. You know that this game will be trained on ESPN Plus. Merrill Kelly versus Dustin May. Uh, Guardians and uh, the Mariners. You got uh, Hunter Gaddis against Robbie Ray. Uh, those are your matches for Sunday.
0: Uh, your national TV schedule for baseball looks like this tomorrow as the MLB on Fox will make its season debut for 2023. Most of the country, I believe here in Chicago as well, will get the San Francisco Giants taking on the New York Yankees. That's at 3.05 Central Standard Time. Others will see the Philadelphia Phillies take on the Texas Rangers. That's for the rest of the country. In your Sunday night baseball game of the week for ESPN at Sunday at 6 p.m. will feature the Philadelphia Phillies and the Texas Rangers. Apple TV Plus. And Peacock, uh Sunday morning game of the week. Those uh, those those networks will debut their uh broadcast schedules next weekend. I
1: also saw ESPN Plus, of course, the Giants, uh the rare match of the Giants yankees series will be on ESPN Plus at twelve thirty-five. Mm-hmm. And those are your some of your schedule for uh for MLB to start off this weekend as you listen to Second City Sports on Sports Chicago, Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown with you. We're gonna start. Go over towards the hard word now. We're going to talk some NBA. Uh, the Bulls go over against both L.A. teams. On Wednesday, we we, we said this will happen. Uh, LeBron and uh, A.D. and the rest of the Lakers got their revenge against the Bulls. Uh, and also, too, Austin Reeves, I guess I guess the old saying is about is fair play because uh, he did the whole <laughs> <small, laughs> like, like thing. Like, oh, you're too small to uh, Pat Bev. So I'm sure Pat Bev had to have known that that was coming. But, you know, it it, it it was fine. I mean, the, the Bulls, you know, tried to keep it close. You know, the Bulls, I mean, the Lakers came out, you know, went out to an early lead. Bulls mm-hmm. tried, to, you know, came back, kept it close, but it was some big shots by uh, various guys like Reeves, like LeBron, uh, that, of course, got the Lakers hold off the Bulls. And on Monday, unfortunately, back in LA, uh, it was uh, Nicholas Batum that uh, single handedly helped uh, the Clippers beat the Bulls. So, uh, Sam, what do you think about the Bulls this week?
0: Uh, the Clippers game was bound to happen, especially what the Bulls did to the Lakers on on, on last Sunday uh, at the same arena we call still called Staples Center. But the, the Bulls defensively against the Clippers, they didn't have. You mentioned Nicholas Batoon went off hitting seven three points. Kawhi Leonard did his thing, so uh, the Bulls were uh, were tired, and so they were looking forward to coming home. So they their minds were somewhere else on Monday. Now Wednesday. Uh, I think it's the first time in a couple of years that Anthony Davis has played uh, in the United Center in the Lakers mm-hmm. uniform. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just like LeBron always wants to put on a show, the house that MJ built. Anthony yep. Davis likes to come home and put on a performance as well. He did that with 38 points. LeBron James looked good in extended minutes. He had 25 and 31 minutes of action. You mentioned Austin uh trolling, but he had a nice game as well, chipping in mm-hmm. with 19. Uh, Nikolai Vucevic is starting to come into his own too. I know he's looking for a contract this summer. He led the team with 29. DeMar DeRozan had 22. Zach Levine struggled. He only had 16 points even though he was 8 for 14 shooting from the floor. Uh, I still believe that the, the Bulls will barely make it into the play-in as the 10th seed. They'll probably end up facing Brooklyn or Atlanta. They could beat one of those. I think they, they could be both those teams if they're motivated, but the Pat Beverly of uh, Patrick Beverly effect is still real, and Kobe White is proving to be more of, more of a commodity coming off the bench,
1: yeah. And I think, you know, that's sort of like that's kind of like his thing, you know. Kobe White, at the, look, we'll see if he gets traded over the offseason, that's going to be like the thing. But if you're the Bulls, you want to see more of that production from him. So, you know, whether or not he does get traded, I think that's a you know, well, that, that's for Aiken ever to figure out, but. You know, not, not the best showing for the Bulls this week, you know, but like you said, I think they retired from the Clippers game. They were still on a high from being the Lakers, despite, you know, all this other transpired. And then you had, you know, of course, you know, the Lakers. They, they want, it was the LeBron uh, revenge uh, uh, game. And of course, AD likes to put on a show for his hometown, you know, with 38 points. So, yeah, it, it's, it's fine. It is what it is. Now, going back to the rest of the week in the NBA, of course, you know, we'll start with, since we with two games uh, last night, we'll just get those out the way uh the pelicans got a nice win against the uh the nuggets 107 uh, 88 i'm you know brennan ingo has been you know, on a tear as of late he you know, he's been you know really solid you know 31 points 11 boards 10 assists so i think he has this like i think this third triple double in like the last like two weeks or something like that so you know i, I think you know this will help you know, with the Pelicans, especially with uh, with CD and whatnot now Denver, i don't think they're not going to lose their number one seed but at the same time though they've cut you yeah know, they've had their struggles i know Yogesh didn't play you know, i guess they caught that they you know they use it as a rest day for him mm-hmm. i know i know you have your issues about that but you know in a losing effort uh jamal murray had 21 in a losing effort not really not too much uh, health from from some of their from some of their guys i mean you know, I see Bruce had 19 points, which was a career high for him off the mm-hmm. bench, but it wasn't enough for the Nuggets. Excuse me, easy for me to talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, as, as you mentioned, Lakina, the the Nuggets had some of their key players out there resting up for the players. I believe we have at least a little bit over a week, week and a half to go in the regular season. It ends next mm-hmm. weekend, so... Uh, the Nuggets are trying to uh, take advantage and uh, get their stars re- ready. And you can say this about the the next game. I know you're going to talk about this uh, briefly. The Celtics pounced the Milwaukee Bucks in Wisconsin last night, one hundred forty to ninety nine. If you're a Bucks fan, you're not worried about this either. Mm-mm.
1: No, no, I think we just we can just skip skip that game. I mean, you know, Thank think, you. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you know. Like, the, 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 Like you know, 20 for 45 from three. I'm talking about the Celtics. You know, Mm -hmm. usually these things happen. I know Jalen Brown, you know, he couldn't miss. Well, he was eight for 10 from three-point race. I did that. That's gonna be that's pretty bad. You're not gonna be able to beat that. So yeah. yeah, forty points was a, a season high for him. So yeah, I'm not you know if you're a Bucks fan, you could just you know look, it happens. You know, just burn the tape and move on, and then well, that's what we're gonna we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah,
0: let's uh, uh, let's uh, go over some of the key games from this past Wednesday in the NBA. We have a couple of injuries to report. Julius Randle for the New York Knicks, uh, mm-hmm. during their one on one ninety two win. Uh, at home at MSG against the Miami Heat on Wednesday uh, he gets injured now he's going to be out for the rest of the regular season possibly I'm the first the round of the playoffs and that is huge for the New York Knicks we talk about Jalen Brunson being the MVP of that team which has been proven all year long he should have been an all-star but I digress from that Julius Randle this time last year was looking to get traded it didn't happen but he's had a nice bounce back here and this is going to be a huge loss for the Knicks we assume they, they're going to meet up with the Cleveland Cavaliers in that first round and if that's the case. They need Julius Randle badly, especially against that Cleveland squad.
1: Yeah, uh, Emmanuel clearly had 24 points. Yeah, I think you know, he'll have to pick up the slack with mm-hmm. uh, Randle being out. But is he going to be able to hang on to that? That's going to be another uh, thing. So we'll see uh, what happens there. Now uh, Sacramento, congrats to them. They uh, clinched a playoff spot uh, with a 120-80 win over the Kings uh 19 points for uh Mr. Malik Monk. And you know, I, I know that there, there's this checklist that they uh that they posted about the uh the Kings. They got their first Queen season 606. This could be their first playoff uh playoff appearance since 06. Uh we'll see they win to playoff series because it's been a while since so they've done that since 04 in a conference uh you know appearance you know, since 02 we won't go into the nba you know the finals and all that stuff because that's a, still a long ways away and that was back there weren't even the sacramento kings back then <laughs> so you know but uh yeah i mean you know, i like how they how they post that but yeah look you gotta think that mike brown has kind of wrapped up uh coach of the year i think it'd be crazy if you're not to give it to him at this point
0: yeah, you pretty much took the words right out of my mouth again regarding um, Mike Brown. He should be coach of the year. If he doesn't get it, it's going to be a, a, a problem. Believe Monk, I'm not saying he's going to be six man of the year, but he should be up there in the top two, top, top three at worst. I wanted to ask you a real quick about the Sacramento Kings before we move on. Without Googling, can you name some of the players that were, that were on their last playoff team in 2006?
1: Was Mike Bibby on that team?
0: Yes, he was. Um, and I'm not on Google, by the by the way, so...
1: Uh was Lottie D bots on there.
0: No, he just retired.
1: He just okay, he I think he, yeah, he retired like a year before. Uh was mm-hmm. Steve, was Steve wasn't on there, was he?
0: No, he was not. He was on oh. Philadelphia.
1: Philly. Really? Oh god. Like that that's the only uh was uh, was Doug Christie on that team?
0: I wanna say no. You can check that in a minute, but I want to say no.
1: Oh, you know what? I, 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 I might be
0: wrong, but I don't think he was.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I'll say yeah. It's been like I said, it's been a, like you can tell, folks. It's been a minute since the Kings have been in the playoffs. So yeah, I'll just yeah. tell
0: you a couple of the players that were on that team. Pages the he was coming oh, to yeah, the end Peja, of his yeah. career before he won his his ring oh, with Dallas a few years later. That makes sense. Remember yeah. Kevin Martin, number yeah, twenty. Oh yeah,
1: Kevin Martin, yeah too. Well, interesting. You bring up Pages, his son is at, was on the McDonald's on the is on the McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's. yeah so I saw <laughs>
0: that. I'm like we are getting like, old, like, yeah,
1: And he's <laughs> going to yeah, he's going to Stanford. Yeah, so yeah. Um, and
0: Congrats
1: so, to him. Oh yeah, he's super smart. I know, I know. I think it's his mom. I think uh, his wife. I think like, has her MBA. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's not. Well yeah, that, that's not. Of course, you saw Bronny James. Uh, uh DJ Reiner. Of course, you guys remember his uh, his dad, Dewan Everyone, folks, mm-hmm. even older. Of course, you know, his grandfather. Well, he calls him Pop Pop uh MILT uh, won national championship in eighty six with the Louisville. So yeah, yeah. Yes. It makes you feel like, it makes you feel old uh game. We may, we may talk about that a little bit later on. But yeah, yeah.
0: And one more key and one more key player from that 06 Sacramento Kings team that lost to the Spurs in that first round that year. Yep. Ron Artest now met a world piece. Oh, you yeah. know, he's doing work for the Lakers on TV now.
1: Yeah, no, he's actually pretty good on, on there too. So yeah, so you know, yeah, it's, it, it's been like I said, it's been a while, but uh, yeah. So well, we'll see what the what the Kings can do in the playoffs and such. But uh, you know, I want to talk about a couple others as we move along here, mm-hmm. as you know, from the Wednesday matchups. Uh, Russell Westbrook had thirty six points as the Kings. Uh, if you took the over in the Kings Grizzlies game, you had a nice uh, Wednesday night. Uh, one forty one, one thirty two. Here we go with the, these uh, base scores. Uh, Westbrook had thirty six points and ten assists. He's the first player to have uh this you know this type of at least 30 points and 10 assists you know, game and with with five different franchises. Of course the Thunder, the Rockets, mm. with the Wizards, the Lakers, and now with the Clippers. So uh <laughs> yeah, nice milestone for him. And uh the uh like the, the 76ers uh beat the Mavs. <laughs> I'm sorry
0: to worry about the Mavericks. I think your prediction is correct, Lakina. I know Kyrie said something crazy after the game. Mm. Uh, they were in it, but they just couldn't pull through. Uh, I think they're gonna make the playing term, but but I don't know if they're gonna get out of the playing tournament to qualify for the uh, uh, well, wait, uh number oh, wait, seven
1: the okay. AC. Well, yeah, yeah, they're kind of in and out of the playing tournament right now, as of as <sighs> we're recording this. So let me let me look at the standards real quick. But yeah, as of right now, they are a game uh they're a game behind the Thunder for the we'll get to the Thunder in a second, because they had a couple mm-hmm. of big milestones there. But yeah, they're a game out of the play in terms of recording this, so yeah. Well, I think Mark Kimmer
0: will be pulling his hair out and then some if they don't make it at the end of this
1: season. <laughs> yeah, my goodness. Uh the Suns uh beat the uh the T Wolves 107. 100 and uh again another high scoring game here uh true holiday drew holiday had 51 points that's a that's a career high for him as the the bucks beat uh the paces again if you took the over you had a nice little showing there uh mm-hmm. they're the, uh, the they're the first team to have a 50 point score and a 35 point triple double of course you know yannis had a triple double that game as well so you know that was a <laughs> so yeah that was a very interesting uh showing uh there as well interesting game there but yeah it, it it's yeah you know Giannis had uh, thirty uh, thirty eight uh seventeen boards and twelve assists so they're the first team NBA team to have a fifty point score and a, a different player have a triple double thirty plus triple double so a nice yeah. uh, history making for them.
0: We talk about one team that has problems winning on the road but they do not have a problem winning at home. That's the Golden State Warriors. Uh, on uh, this past Tuesday, they they come from twenty points down. Steph Curry scored thirty nine points as the Warriors defeated the Pelicans one twenty to one hundred nine at the Chase Center. It looks like the Warriors are starting to get into form in kingdom. We know that they're gonna start the playoffs uh, on the road. They won't have the home okay. court advantage like they did in years past, and so it's gonna be tough for the Warriors. But they uh, Steph Curry's gonna have to stay healthy. Draymond Green's gonna have to find motivation for somewhere somewhere in clay Thompson, is just gonna have to say hot shooting
1: yeah uh they now have uh more than 250 uh three-pointers this same season each you know i'm talking about uh Steph and clay they did mm-hmm. of course in uh, 2015 2016 2016 2017 no other pair of teams have done that in nba history so uh i i yeah you know, as long as they get the home uh court it'll be interesting to see how they do especially if if they had to do the you know if they have to uh, go on the road so that's going to be a uh, sort of an interesting uh, thing there. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, one Mister Donovan Mitchell. Even though uh, the the Cavs lost to the uh, the Hawks 18 he is the fastest player, you know, among the fastest player to get to, to get to ten thousand points. So you know, I think that was a you know, he's the fourth fastest player, active player to reach ten thousand points. I'm trying to only LeBron James, uh, Embiid, uh, KD. This it is actually a uh, Mitchell's tenth game, so it's the fourth uh, fastest someone who's gotten the 10,000 points. So it was a losing effort, but still a great uh, milestone nonetheless.
0: Yeah, Donovan Mitchell's proven his word that, that he was traded to Cleveland Cavaliers over the summer, and that's one of the main reasons why they're in the playoffs. So of course, uh, we reported to you guys on our last show on Monday that Joel Embiid was supposed to play against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, on on Monday it didn't happen but uh the Philadelphia 76ers still gave a valid effort but it came out five points short as the different nuggets uh defeated Philadelphia last Monday 116 111 had uh for 25 points for Denver Tyrese Mexi led Philadelphia with 29.
1: yeah I know it was on some people wonder uh, did, uh NBA punt, plenty you know, if this was supposed to be a rest day you know people felt mm-hmm. that you know this is a chance to prove to the to the folks that you know he was you know worthy of uh the mvp and not joke is you know this he makes a shot but like like I said we'll see what happens the rest of the we still got about like a little over a week left so we'll see you know how this goes but uh yeah nice win by uh, by Denver uh regardless Phoenix uh beat uh Utah 117 117- 103. Look Phoenix had uh, had a nice week uh you know, of course, you know, like you said, they beat the Jazz, and like they, you know, they beat the uh, the T Wolves. And uh, KD's first day, uh, first game back, he only had 19 points. You know, you can tell he was a little bit rusty. I mean, he hasn't played in over a month, and people need to kind of, you know, give him a little slack for that. I'm sure he'll get better as the season, you know, as they as he gets more and more games. You know, 16 points is not, not look, it's not to sneeze at you know when he first game back mm-hmm. and you know, not playing. So, you know, I, I think look, I think he'll get better, even better. Think like the Suns won; they've got like they've gone two and zero this week, so. They were starting to kind of figure things out a little
0: bit. I'm talking about the Suns. Yeah, Kevin Durant can fit on just about any team. He's a pure scorer, one of the best, uh, pure scorers uh, in the game today, and one of the best in his generation. He can come in and help out any team. He doesn't need much to, uh, help your team win. Like you said, any like, you know, he's been back for, uh, it was his first game back the other night. It, it, it shouldn't have had to take him that long to get into basketball shape as we prime, get ready for prime time, uh, playoff games. And so I, I, like you said, as long as he doesn't get hurt again, he should be okay. And, and Like I said, if people say, oh, it's 16 points, you got to ease yourself back into it. It's not a video game. You go restart and cheat codes and all that foolish things. So, you know, this is real life. So uh, I, I wouldn't be too worried if you, Suns fan. As long as KD is healthy, uh, come a couple of weeks from now, when the playoffs start, you should be fine.
1: Yeah, so we're going to see what happens with that now. Going back to Tuesday, the Hornets uh, edged out the Thunder, 137-134. Four. Now, in a you know, unfortunately, you know, PJ Washington had 43 points, which is a, a career high uh, for him. But in a losing, but in a losing effort, Jalen L- Williams, Isaiah Joe, and uh, Josh Giddy had each had 30, uh, scored over 24 points. Actually, they both scored uh, 30 points. Uh, but it was in a losing effort. They actually are the just the second trio, the first trio to do that in a, a Thunder uniform since, of course, KD Harden and uh, Russell Westbrook. So it was a losing effort, but you know, again, a nice, you know, showing by them that actually, end up I actually saw a little bit of this game It actually ended up being a crazy game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if you took the over, that's, you know, you you had a pretty nice uh, Tuesday. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, as we're getting closer and closer to the end of the season, you know, people, you know, these, these teams are juggling for a position and such. So to me, it's really going to depend on how these teams you know, react and such. So. Yeah, as we get to some of these games coming up. But, yeah, I'm interested to see how these uh, these teams play, especially the ones that are kind of right there that for that play-in tournament.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Oklahoma City uh, experience of the two extremes. It's been like that for them all season, You know, they've been playing a, 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 above people's expectations. They get a nice win the next night on Wednesday against Detroit 107 to mm-hmm. 106. And w- hopefully for these guys heading to next year, hopefully you get your original draft pick, Chet Holmgren, back from a torn ACL mm-hmm. These guys are learning how to win and how to play in crucial situations, and they'll better help serve them for for next season.
1: Yeah, so we'll just see what happens with that. Now, as we uh, go into this weekend's games, we got a long list of games yo, coming up for you uh, tonight. So, well, you know, so you bear with us. Uh, the ports we talked about the Bulls and the Hornets at six o'clock, you know, and also to get OKC. Okay, That's in on NBC
0: Sports Chicago Plus.
1: Well, yeah, well, yeah, because of course, yeah, they got the they got the White Sox game at the same mm-hmm. time. Uh, OKC in Indiana—that's also at six o'clock. Uh, Toronto and Philadelphia—I'm sure a lot of Bulls are gonna be cheering for Toronto. I mean, for Philly in that matchup, they're still mm-hmm. you know, dropping for that uh, that those top two seeds. Um, Orlando and the Wizards at six. You got Utah starting their uh, their East Coast trip against Boston at six thirty. Atlanta and Brooklyn—this is definitely a lot of playoff implications here. And, of course, next, of course, about Julius Randle, you know, base Cleveland, also at 630.
0: Finishing out tonight's schedule, Friday, we have Detroit at Houston at 7 o'clock, the Clippers at Memphis at 7 o'clock, the Lakers at the Minnesota Timberwolves at 7 o'clock. That's your NBA TV uh, Friday night doubleheader. That's the first game. At 9 Mm o'clock, we'll have San Antonio at Golden State. Also at 9 o'clock, Sacramento at Portland. And your second half of that NBA TV doubleheader tonight will feature Denver and Phoenix. That's at nine thirty.
1: Yeah, remember the uh, ESPN has the women's final four in San Antonio. As you can see, why we the doubleheader is uh, on the NBA TV tonight, and uh, just two games for Saturday, April Fool's Day. I'm not, you know, not making this up. Uh, NBA TV, you got uh, at six thirty, you got the Mavs and the Heat. You will see where the Mavs are at at this point. Also, you got the Heat. They're they're trying to fight to stay in that 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 position in the, in the play-in, and also you got the Clippers and the Pelicans.
0: All right, this is a long list of four games for Sunday. For so bear with us because there's no game on Monday because of the <laughs> college basketball no. national championship. So it's a full slate for right. Sunday's game. So here we go. Memphis will travel <laughs> to Chicago. Memphis will travel to Chicago to take on the Bulls at 2:30 at High Noon. We have Toronto at Charlotte. This is Sunday games, folks. Right. At 2.30, we we'll have Utah at Brooklyn. Also at 2.30, we'll have Portland at Minnesota. At 5 o'clock on NBA, on NBA TV, Dallas at Atlanta. Big game for both teams. Also at 5 o'clock, we'll have the Wizards at the Knicks. Also Detroit at Orlando. San Antonio at Sacramento. At 6 o'clock, we'll have the Lakers at Houston to take on the Rockets. Also at 6, the Suns at the Thunder. The Thunder have given the Suns problems this year. At 7 o'clock, we'll have Indiana at Cleveland, Philadelphia at Milwaukee. This should, That should be a good one. Hopefully, all the stars will play in that one. And wrapping up the Sunday night NBA TV doubleheader, we'll have Golden State at Denver at 7.30. So that's your schedule for the NBA for this weekend.
1: But as you can see, uh, Sid, that uh, didn't leave me a game to uh, preview, so uh, thanks a lot, Sid. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but with that said, of course, yeah, of course, with the long scheduling and such, everyone's playing on Sunday because of the national championship game on Monday. But we're gonna take a really quick break. Here. We are one of our friends of the show, uh, WGN TV's Larry Holly. Uh, we'll talk Bulls, we'll maybe preview the final four that's coming up this week. Also to his love of beer and marathons. So got a lot to do with our good uh, good friend Larry. So all that coming up next in our number two, Lakina McGee, Sydney Brown, the second season sports on Sports Chicago. More you know, with Larry Howley coming up right after this. No, I don't
0: know though. No,
1: that you're in my lane? No,
0: not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's
1: okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry.
2: Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference.
0: Hear the calling. Few will earn
2: the title United States Marine.
0: The few, the proud. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports on this fun Friday Friday front edition. We're live in 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid, that's the You can follow surely on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. You
1: can follow so me at Kina on the Twitter and McGann's going to get in the IG.
0: We have less than 55 minutes left of this extravaganza we call the sports talk radio show. If you want to hit us up in the comment section, you can do so by going to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Typing your questions and comments in the comment section, Lakino will get them up on the screen for you. Lakino, let's bring on a friend of the show to kick off our number two of this fabulous program. He's a sports producer at WGN TV Sports in Chicago. He also has a program that you can watch on WGNTV.com called WGN News Now. Uh, bringing up sports vignettes and feature stories uh, throughout the world of sports in Chicago and abroad. And you can follow him on Twitter at Howley Sports. Once again, as H-A-W-L-E-Y Sports on Twitter. He's our good friend, Mr. Larry Howley. Larry, how are you doing today? Yay. I'm wonderful.
2: How are you guys doing today?
1: Oh, good. Yeah, we're we're happy just to have fun. you back.
2: No, glad to yeah. be back. It's been a little bit, so I'm happy to be here. No,
1: I know it's been yeah. a while. So, uh, so, I know he wants to talk about his White Sox first. So, sit up uh, for you yep. for the first question.
0: Yep. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing uh, even better after watching Dylan Cease last night dominating those Houston, as our guy Sean Sierra calls him, the Houston trash throws. But Dilly a little dominating last night with 10 strikeouts, of course. Everybody on on the White Sox got ahead except for Eloy Jimenez uh, last night. I'm not going to sit here and say that the White Sox is going to go 162 and all. That's not going to happen. But mm-hmm. uh, looking at the White Sox performance from last night, they actually um, won a few times. Actually, beat the Houston Astros outside of the 2021 playoff series. Uh, they really looked good last night. I don't know what your predictions were uh, for the White Sox this season, but last night, uh, if you're a Sox uh, last night's performance really uh, gives you confidence for the rest of the year. Well, it certainly does. I
2: think what's awesome is that Cease just came right back and was just as good as he's ever been against a really great lineup uh, that Houston has. So I think that that's, that's one thing that's encouraging. I would great to see Andrew Vaughn have that moment. Uh, they had a lot of chances to drive in runs and weren't really able to do it. Uh, I, it was kind of like your traditional opening day, I, I thought, but I thought really, I think the thing that stood out was just having Cease perform that well and having a real impact hit from one of your younger players who you showed a lot of faith in. Uh, by letting Jose Abreu go so you could play at first base. So, And oddly enough, you know, Jose was right there. So I think that that really for me is a cease. And then again, Vaughn, you know, you let a guy who I think easily is the best player in the last decade for the White Sox walk to – let Andrew take that position. So those are all good things. It's a nice moment for them. You beat the reigning world champions. You do so on ESPN. Uh, You have a dynamic moment to do it. You have a historic performance by your pitcher. And Pedro Garofalo is the first manager to win his first game in 25 years. Nice positive vibes going through there. And you you saw some stuff you like, you don't like. It's it's game one. It's one of those things. It's just really nice to win it. So if you're a White Sox fan, it's been a, a weird year. It's a nice moment for them to have.
1: Well, same thing with the Cubs too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Cubs had a sort of like a – kind of surprised a lot of people last year. You know, did better than a lot of people thought. They too won their opener against the Brewers yesterday. Michael Stroman pushed the gym. Dancy, uh, Dancy Swans got his first home run as a Cub. Treatment City had an RBI too. What do you think is are the Cubs' chances? Can they perhaps maybe make a shot of one of those wild card spots in the National League?
2: Well, you can. I mean, as long as they get around 84 wins, you always have a shot for it. I, I have them. My projected range. I think last year was 72 to 77, and they ended up at 75. I kind of moved that range up, maybe to like 77, 82 this year. Some might consider that to be maybe perhaps a little bit too optimistic, but I think that that's about where they land. I think that they improved a, a decent amount. You you have you especially you know the addition of Dansby. Ah, uh, Cody Bellinger is really interesting. You know if he's able to return to form, he he'll be a good outfielder. But if he could return to form in the at the plate, you know that's a former MVP right there, you could get kind of a steal there now that if they do want to keep him, they'd have to obviously pay him. Yeah, there's some other ones. I think they're going to be a good defensive team and and that's not anything new. I think they'll rely on some good pitching, which I think that they improved on. But there's some holes there, too. they got to find a closer first, and you you really, really don't have one at the moment. Uh, You figure out kind of how the bullpen works. But if you want to talk about defense, they've got it. I think that they improved this year. Uh, Really interesting to see what becomes of Ian Happ because he's in a contract year now. And if the Cubs are competitive, they're not going to trade him, most likely, unless they get an inspired deal of some sort. So I think they can. I think that they've improved enough to put them in that position. Uh, you know, the NL Central, is it a dominant division? Not really. So I think anything is possible, but it's a little bit of wait and see because it's not like they added tons and tons where you think, oh, they're going to do this where the core has been together two three years. So there's a little bit of mysteries to what they do, but could they make a run for the playoffs? Absolutely. I think if they play competitive baseball in September, that is baseball that means something that means something for the playoffs. I think that's definitely a step forward because remember they still are trying to build a brand branding core. Mm-hmm.
0: I want to ask, even though it was just one day yesterday, Larry uh, with opening day, um, most of the games averaged around two and a half, two hours and forty minutes yesterday. Of course, one, uh, because of the new rule changes with the bigger bases and in the, the pitch clock, I was watching both uh, the the national broadcast of the Sox last night. You mentioned it was on ESPN. I was watching Marquee. Uh, as well with the Cubs uh, and some of these broadcasts are trying to put the pitch clock where you could barely see it. But uh, mm-hmm. I want to ask you about the broadcast of some of these games yesterday with the pitch clock being placed on a score bug. And overall, well, with the, these shorter games, uh, how do you like some of these rule changes? Do you think it'll be a, a non-factor as the season goes along?
2: I'm not sure how it's going to go. Certainly the games were quicker. And I think that's what they've wanted. They wanted that for a really long time. It's why they've established things for years. Uh, They want to try to appeal to an audience that, you know, they feel is not watching or tuning in for these lengthy, long, three-hour games. Uh, I have always uh, trended to being a traditionalist with an open mind. So I never really dismiss anything. Uh, For instance, uh, the Ghost Runner. I'm not a huge fan of it. I like seven inning doubleheaders. I thought it was great to save the pitchers. I thought it was a great thing for fans. I think you get your you get your quicker games. So I'm kind of really in the middle on how this is going to work. Is this going to affect the game? I think it will. I think certainly it has that opportunity to do so. I am. I am very curious. That's what I am. I'm curious. I'm not really dismissing it nor endorsing it yet. I'm not sure how it's going to be. I thought the broadcast handled it fine. I think they're gonna find new ways to see how it presents to the people. But I don't know how it's gonna do. I, I Marcus had the first uh violation which I saw, mm-hmm. it was very, very yeah. interesting. <laughs> about the only thing he had, he you know, speaking of that, I kind of neglect to say that for the opening day. He had a really nice start. And I think you know, he had uh if you really want to talk about a way in which the Cubs could leap, um, you know, if he can get, you know, kind of back to the form he had. Uh, it wasn't bad last year by any means we was dealing with injuries and you're kind of adjusting to a new club, but he had some great form at the end of the last decade. So if he returns to that, that could be another thing. But again, you know, veteran guy makes that mistake. That's going to happen. When are you going to get a batter who isn't ready? And it's a strike three call to end the game. It happened in spring training. You know, maybe opinions will change. I'm kind of in the middle on it right now. I'm, I'm more mm-hmm. or less being curious. Um, I think that's the Ted Lasso line. I haven't watched it, but I've heard about it. I think you stay curious. (laughs) That's kind of where I, you know, to be fair with you, that's kind of where I am with it right now. I'm not really ready to dismiss it nor like go all out and say it's endorsing it. If through one day you've seen, it makes the game shorter, which is what they wanted.
1: Yeah. Even though like the 10, nine games, we saw a couple of those. They didn't feel like very Mm -hmm. long. So we'll see what happens there. Now I want to switch gears and talk some bulls for a second. They're, they're right there on the edge of the play It looks like they are gonna get into the play in mm-hmm. tournament. You know, we've a week and a half left. Do you think they can pull off any upsets and you know, can they really do anything and make noise in the playoffs?
2: I mean, you can. It's such a short sample size. You, you can do it. I, could they make it and get in as an as an eighth seed or you know, it's at least right now kind of looking like they're gonna probably end up maybe around that nine to that ten. I mean, they're they're kind of shuffling around there. You know, they would have a shot for the seven, obviously. Sure, they could get in. I, I You have one game, you have one thing, one, two games. You certainly can do that. I, will they do anything in the playoffs? I, I, it's hard to think that they they would. I mean, there have been some good things. I, Pat Beverly's added a little bit, I think, a little bit of a spark to them. I think Kobe White playing well has been actually something that's I, I think is really encouraging. Because, you know, fans have been waiting for that for a while. But there's... You know, it, you look at the benefit of it. I, I think if they make the playoffs, it gives Karczovas kind of a couple more games to see what this core is all about. Because they're going to have to do something right, because you're probably not going to have Lonzo for most of the next year. And I'm not sure if the core works if you don't have Lonzo there. I don't think they've been quite the same since Lonzo has not been in the lineup. So it's I, I think they they'll, they they'll make the play, and I I think bar, barring a really significant collapse. Will they do anything there? Sure, they could. Would they do anything in the playoffs? I, I never rule anybody out because weird things happen. You have got like DeRozan, you've got like Avene, and things can happen. It, it would be hard to imagine the Bulls doing more than taking a game or two if they made the traditional playoffs. But That's kind of where I view it. I think the biggest benefit is Arturis Karnaschovas getting a chance to see how the team does against elite talent, using that more in his evaluation for changes that are going to have to be made to this team.
0: We're talking Chicago sports and more with our good friend Larry Harley, sports producer at WGN TV, WGN TV in Chicago, right here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Ceele Keen here with you, live in Living Color. Sticking with the Bulls, Larry, uh, despite uh, what this team has gone through this year, and no matter how this season ends, playoffs or not, what do you think of the Bulls' plans for the summer? Of course, Nikolai Vucevic is a free agent. DeMar DeRozan is a free agent next year, but technically he's, he can still be traded. You mentioned Colby White. His name was in trade talks last year, but, of course, uh, he didn't get traded. So well, if you had a crystal ball in front of you right now, what, what do you think that AK and Mark Eversley will do over the summer?
2: There's part of me that thinks maybe there's a big move. Uh, maybe there's a significant trade, uh, and maybe they don't sign Re- Vucevic. I, I think a lot of things are open. You know, you heard some rumors about Levine you know, around the deadline when it came to the mm-hmm. Knicks. You know, could they explore that if they don't feel like Levine's the guy moving forward? Perhaps I, I could see a shakeup because I don't know necessarily, I don't know necessarily if this core is it. I think they might have to either move one of the bigger guys, um, whether they're going to have to, you know, maybe rethink how they do it. You know, do they keep the big three and then look for another point guard? Do they make a major deal with one of those guys? You know, obviously not with Vooch unless they sign and trade him. Mm-hmm. That There's a lot here. I don't really know. It's very, very interesting to see what they're going to do. I don't necessarily know if anyone's untouchable, and I don't think that was even the case at any point. I anticipate some sort of major move. I, I can't imagine Karnashovis for the way he talks so much about wanting to compete now, not being willing to go through a rebuild did he not try to do something that's going to help the Bulls take a step and a leap in competitiveness? I, I think there's a major move coming. I could be wrong. But for a guy, I, I'm, I'm basing this off of the fact that I don't know if this core right now is assembled, is going to do much better than what you have last year, which was a sixth seed. I, I don't know. Could they? Sure, things happen. But I'm really curious to see if a major move isn't made either for them to either A, move into the draft, or B try to assemble a new group of veterans and make it work again. Cause I'm not certain that this core, which had a very promising start, can do it if you don't have Lonzo Ball there. And I don't know when you're going to have Lonzo Ball. A very sad situation for mm-hmm. a very talented basketball player who is looking now, you know, at being out of the lineup at least two years. If I think the optimistic projections have him somewhere around middle of the next season after this knee surgery, that's three knee surgeries you know, in the course of what will be about 14 or 15 months. It's hard for me to think that they won't make a major move. Again, based on the fact that AK and Eversley have talked so much about competing now, we're going to bring mm-hmm. the Bulls brand back now. We're going to bring the competitors back now. I think a major move could be coming.
1: Mm, well, let, Let's like the move here and talk some Hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah hey, at so, least they got money to
0: spend. At least oh, they, yeah, they have exactly, money to spend right, and they're go. spending it.
1: Yeah, Tim, you know, to Yeah, same early. for Justin
0: Fields in a couple of years, just saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's probably what. what
1: do you think about the, what do you think about all the moves so far? What do you think they're gonna do in the draft?
2: Well, I think the one thing that poles is proving, um, well, there's two things polls is proving. Number one, the moves certainly shore up Justin Fields as the number one quarterback and their faith in him. If there was a doubt after they got the first pick, that's been settled. Justin's the guy moving forward. I think that that's a really strong thing uh, that they need to do. I think that that's very important, and I think that that's very big. Um, The next thing that I think is really important for me is where Poles is building this team and where he started. Where did he start in the draft last year, and where did he start in free agency this year? He started with defense. Hmm. He started with defense. So I think it's really interesting for him uh, that they – are really looking at defense as being a big part of building this team. Does that have a lot to do with Iberflus? Absolutely. But I think that that's really important um, for me as far as why I think he may be looking to build the team is establish his quarterback and make sure he knows he's there while also building a defense. Again, you sign Edmonds and Edwards. That's your first two signings, and they're fairly significant. So I'm not shocked that – that that he, I wouldn't be shocked. I should say that in the draft, the Bears may look and may decide to go defense. They may think defense. They need it. They need it on that front line. Even though that there may be needs at the offensive tackle position, and they do need stuff on the line. I really think defense is going to be a big part of what's going on here, and I wouldn't be surprised if they go defense. So I think the one thing that stands out to me about polls and the two things, again, very early and very simple, the faith in fields, which he showed with that top, what he showed with the trade with the Panthers, which I thought was a very good one to get the two first round picks and also get your number one receiver in more a, a great move by him. And I think in there, and I, I can't really argue with, him with that very much. So I really think that if you're looking at it now, at least from my perspective, I think it shows in many ways that, that Poles is really thinking about the defense, establishing that defense that really struggled last year, making that a priority and that the Bears build there while they solely kind of build on offense and do that. So I wouldn't be shocked if a defender's picked at nine, even with the need for an offensive tackle, which is probably where they should go. But he's shown the desire that, to build defense, and, and there are some talented defenders up there, especially on the lines, that could help the Bears out. Okay.
0: We're halfway home with our good buddy Larry Harley from uh, WGN TV Sports in Chicago, right here in Second City Sports. Sid Laking hanging, hanging out here with you on the Friday edition. Larry, let's transition over to college basketball. The Final Four is set for tomorrow in Houston. You have UConn in Miami in the second game. The first game, Florida Atlantic versus San Diego State. Before we get your predictions on both games, uh, many people the traditionally have been complaining that there's no Kentucky do Kansas in the final four this year. Of course, a lot has to do with the, with um, these mid major teams having juniors and seniors uh, playing together for the last three or four years. And, of course, you have the NIL rule in the transfer portal. Do you think this is good or bad for college basketball? Because this is clearly clearly, clearly has been a wide open term and uh, the, uh, this big as wide open as I can remember.
2: Well, you might remember where I said that I'm I'm very I'm a traditionalist open to change. Well, this is what mm-hmm. I feel kind of about NIL. I have said for since I was in college that I felt athletes should be paid. And I felt mm-hmm. like that the day was kind of overdue. I felt like that was what, what should happen. I love it. I think it's fun. I think it's it's really interesting to see Florida Atlantic. Uh Janelle Davis is a Gary native. So we even have a little mm-hmm. bit of a tie here. Um and of course, you know, there's, there's other ties that we have to Chicago, but he's, he's the main one. So it's been cool to see Florida Atlantic. Uh, it's been, you know, interesting to see Miami, a team that has used NIL to its advantage to take a program that's been there before and now take it to the final four, you know, using those with a, with a veteran head coach, somebody who has certainly been there uh, has been there as a under, upstart underdog as well. So I've, I, I've enjoyed it. I don't think it makes it fun for coaches because it has changed the way you have to coach, you have to manage your roster now. You're not having three or four years to build. You are having to look at possibly losing players here and there. As In fact, for, as I may mention, Illinois with Brad Underwood, yeah. Chris Collins with Northwestern last year, mm-hmm. losing Nance, and they go to the tournament. It certainly has made adjustments for coaches in this league, in the, in the college basketball. But I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Players are now having the options that coaches have had for a long time. I've been kind of more into the liberal leaning on this thought when it comes to the athletes and to the coaches. So I kind of enjoy it. I don't think there's anything wrong with some of these, you know, these programs getting the chance to shine on the major stage. And some of it's not really a surprise. San Diego state, would have been number one seed in 2020 if they played the tournament. They've been coming up now for a long time and been playing well for a long time. In Florida Atlantic, obviously, it is a major surprise. No, Nobody really saw them. Miami's kind of been you know, knocking on the door here uh, for a little while. So it's uh, it's not a blue blood Final Four, which I think is great. I think it's unique to, to point out some other. We've always talked about spotlighting other players, other teams. What a way to do it on the on arguably one of the biggest stages you can find in all sports. I like it. It's interesting. NIL will force changes, but the game adjusts, coaches adjust, players adjust. Not everybody's going to want to transfer every year, but some will. So I think it's just a process and I'm curious to see how it plays out, but no. I love this final four. It's great and I'm I'm excited to see it.
1: Well, our our buddy Lamont Scott's going to kill us if we don't ask. I know you're uh, I know you follow women's hoops as well. Yes. They- that commences tonight against San Antonio. You got, you got LSU and Vod Tech, you know, in the first game, of course. You got the Marquee game, Caitlin Clark in Iowa against Leah Boston, and uh, South Carolina. You know, I know the <laughs> Wayne could probably huge. such for that second game. So uh he says, Do you think LSU has a sh- has a shot? I, and can Iowa I be Iowa? <laughs> Iowa? beat uh, South Carolina, I should say.
2: I don't mean, you know Caitlin Clark is playing such great basketball right now. You know, I don't know. Iowa could be one of those teams that pulls it off. South Carolina is extremely talented. I don't know if anybody stops them. I mean, I don't know if they can do it. I mean, the Caitlin Clark, the way she's played has been incredible. South Carolina, they've got a juggernaut. I don't know if anybody beats them. Anything can happen. Final fours are weird. You know, that that can happen. You can get weird winners. I'm not sure. I, I, if I, if I had a bet, I'm not, I'm not really a betting guy. Some people might hold that against me. I, it, it would be very hard for me based on their resume and what they've done. It's hard for me to get South bet against South Carolina, even though LSU, you know, they've all been good. It's really hard for me to bet against South Carolina right now. So I, I could it happen? Sure. It's the final four weird things happen. I don't think it happened. I, I, if I bet a pick at South Carolina.
0: Okay, uh, who are, uh, going back to the men's college game? Who's your picks for tomorrow, and who uh, races up that 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 trophy on Monday night? at Houston? Uh,
2: you know, it's this is a hard one. I, you know, I've been trying to think of where. I mean, I really, really don't know. I, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, that's the beauty of this. Like, this Final mm-hmm. Four reminds me a lot. I don't know if you guys remember, um, in two thousand and eleven when Butler VCU made it, mm-hmm. and that was, like, yeah. kind of unpredictable. <laughs> yeah. There is something that unifies that tournament in this Final Four, and that's UConn. UConn is the program that is probably knocking on the door of the Blue Bloods. You could probably consider them a Blue Blood, but have very, very quietly played good basketball all year. They've just kind of done their thing. I love the upstarts. I think how cool would a BSC Florida Atlantic win as a nine? I have to go with UConn. There's part of me that has that feeling, like I did when 12 years ago, where UConn is playing strong basketball. You might remember 2011; that was the Kemba Walker team, yep. and that was yep. the one that won the five straight games in the Big East tournament mm-hmm. and just never stopped. And I kind of get that feeling with UConn. I think looking at it, Ivy, you know, we were talking about it the other day, I even took a look at it. You know, I even took a look at it one more time here. I'm like thinking, with it being so wide open, is there anybody else? And for me, it's Yukon. It's for me, that's where I'm going. I would think it would be really cool to see those other schools get a first national championship championship. You will get a school with a first national championship game appearance, no matter what because Florida Atlantic or San Diego State's gotta go anyway. But I think personally, If I I pick UConn and uh, right now, I think I'm going San Diego State because San Diego State has been building for a little while here and would have probably been a one seed in 2020 had they played the tournament. I think that's where I'm going, and I think UConn wins that. I think Hurley has done a great job there, but I get that feeling. I've talked about being a traditionalist. I get a huge 2011 vibe from this tournament, and that's where in my mind I think this is going. So I pick UConn, but a wonderful Final Four. I really enjoy it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And you get all new fan bases and you get all new teams. I thought it was wonderful when Loyola made it back. Although Loyola, I think one great thing about Loyola is it brought back their wonderful pass that they had back in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually the 60th anniversary of that championship was just last week. So uh, I think there's all great things. I Again, if if NIL can can do this and can bring other schools into this and we can have these final fours here and there, that's mm-hmm. wonderful. I love it.
1: Last couple of moments with our buddy, uh, WGN TV's Larry Holly here on second season, sports on sports on Chicago, Lakeena McGee, Cindy Brown with you. Okay. I, I, I follow you. I think we both said I both follow you on both uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. I know you're a big uh, avid marathon runner. You were just in Los Angeles to run their uh, marathon. Uh, I, I I commend anybody that, that does this. So I know you do it for charity. So, uh, you know, tell us why, you know, was it like your training and you know running and all this and all other stuff for a marathon? Because I I couldn't do it.
2: <laughs> well, marathons were something that came to my mind probably like seven years ago. So I used to do sprint running, and during a sprint one time, I actually suffered a concussion. So I had trouble sprinting; like I would get kind of nerved of all about it. So my sister suggested that I uh, try long distance running, which she had done. She had completed a couple of marathons. So this was something that I've kind of so I've been running for about 21 years so I started when I was uh, coming out of college I was very overweight I really wasn't in shape so I just did sprint runs I went to U of Memorial Stadium it was actually year the, it was actually year the Bears were there so you know I started doing that but distance running is only something I picked up recently and the one thing that I enjoy about it and at least what I really enjoy about distance running is the piece of it the challenge of it that comes day to day mm-hmm trying to find speed, which I have not found yet Uh, (laughs) when it comes to marathons, I find a piece to it. I find an achievement to it. It's something that's very, I don't know, it's it's a very internal thing where it's very much for me a fitness thing. It's a mental health thing. It's an achievement thing, a confidence thing. That's something that I've really found uh, that is the biggest thing for me, at least. I don't you know, some people are like, do you do it? I, I don't, for me, it's, it's it's a very much an individual kind of thing. I know some people run to inspire others. I don't know really if you watch me run a, a marathon, you're going to be inspired when I'm dying around mile 20 and being tired. I think for me, it's just the mental health and the health benefits that really kind of stand out to me and I think are really unique for me. I don't really know It's kind of interesting. You know, it's funny. I think, why do I run marathons? I think I just kind of enjoy it. I think I just enjoy the challenge of it. I enjoy what it brings. Uh, I enjoy the confidence and the benefits for mental health. I think that's just kind of where I am. And I like seeing different places of the country. Los Angeles was wonderful. I really enjoyed going to Los Angeles and seeing, uh, you know, what that that place had to offer and, and what the city had to offer. You start at Dodger Stadium, which I'd never seen before you run down Hollywood, you go to like Century City, Beverly Hills and come back. It used to be Stadium to the Sea where you would finish in Santa Monica, but they stopped doing that. I think that's it. You know, I, it's funny because I try to, I've always thought about like, why do you run a marathon? I try to come up with like an elaborate answer. And I think it's just fitness and confidence and mental health and the achievement. I think that's just kind of what I do. It's that's kind of why I do it, and I find a lot of fun in it. I want to keep doing it as long as my body will allow. I don't know how my, long my body will allow, but we'll uh, we'll find that out.
0: Yeah, you're a spring chicken, Larry. We're very proud of you for that. So keep like, keep doing your thing as far as uh, being healthy and, and doing these marathons. Last question from me. I know WGN is celebrating their 75th anniversary uh, this year. I know you guys did a story the other day about the 2005 White Sox with IZ Again, that, that was very good. I know we can, you can catch some of that for our listeners of yours. Just follow Larry on, on social media; he posts those events up as well. I want uh, I want to ask you. When you guys going to do a deep dive on specific Bulls games that you guys aired on WGN TV back in the other day? I'm really waiting for those because we're looking at the last dance over the last couple years. I know NBA TV did some uh, segments here and there, but it's like, when does WGN really, or when are they really going to dive into the specific games that the Bulls? That they aired during those Bulls championship runs because they also, uh, yeah. uh some kind of moments, um, uh, uh, during those times when you guys had the, the Bulls games on WGN back in the day.
2: I, I don't know. I, I guess I could take that on. I mean, I think that'd be a lot of fun. I can remember specific Cubs and White Sox games that aired on WGN that were really big. I can remember some from the Bulls. Uh, they get, uh, memorable ones. i I remember, you know, I'm trying to think. Did I don't know if Jordan scored his 20,000 point on WGN? Uh, There's a game I remember. John Paxson had a game-winning shot against the Mavericks in 1990, mm-hmm. the first year they had yes. it. Yeah, just for whatever reason, mm-hmm. that one really stands out to me. It was cool. It was a red curve screaming, and you know, it was when Jim Durham was still there. I I could deep dive like I Cubs game. Believe it or not, it's kind of weird because Cubs games really stand out because a lot of Cubs games for many many years were just exclusive on WGN. So I think of mm-hmm. uh, the '89 September Saturday game against the Cardinals, where the Cardinals were within a half game. Luis Salazar hits the double, and it was. Uh, kind of the time where Andre Dawson still had the knee, you know, still had really bad knees. They were starting to really kind of fail him at that mm-hmm. point. And he's chugging around from first to third to score, and he makes it, and Sean Dunstan picks him up. Mm-hmm. And basically it was the win that pretty much put the Cubs over the top for good uh, during the 2000 and – uh and, excuse me, 2000, good Lord, the 1989 <laughs> season. And that really kind of put them over over the top when it came to winning the division. They were never really challenged after that again. Uh, The White Sox, I remember the first year uh, they played at Comiskey Park, the new Comiskey Park, and Robin Ventura hit a grand slam to win the game. It was one of Ivan Rodriguez's first games. And I remember that being a memorable game on WGN. I believe the Cubs had – well, of course, they're clinchers. I mean, the Cubs clinchers on WGN Mm 84-89. And I don't know if they clinched – I'm not certain. I'm trying to remember if they clinched in 17. I don't think they clinched on GN. Uh-uh. No.
1: 18,
2: 18, they never really had a clincher because they remember they they kind of qualified for the playoffs, but they didn't get
0: oh yeah, uh, those order. tiebreaker games. Yeah, they yeah. were all they had the yeah.
2: They didn't really they didn't really yeah. celebrate that. So I and and then in 2015 they actually won at midnight one night. So I think yep. I don't know if you know they, they clinched at like midnight on a Friday, if I'm not uh-huh. mistaken.
0: Yeah. And also,
2: and, go, go ahead. And go ahead. Yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll think about that, though, for Bulls games. I, I could kind of jog my memory and looking back. I'm sure I could find a couple that, that would really stand out that would really be fun. I want to say one of the early jordan Kobe games was a WGN game. Yeah. Maybe I, the 90s. Yeah, I mean, maybe the, I think 90, that was maybe the 90s. Maybe the ninety seven one. 97? Yeah, the ninety seven when they came that? back.
0: Yeah, they trailed right. by twenty two yeah. that was the yeah, first year think- Shaq was there. Yeah. I uh, know yeah. oh, YouTube two passed that game, but that was from the TNT side, but because back then TNT yeah. blocked out uh they had to yep. bite out the was Airbnb in your local yep. market. So I remember that was a WGN TV game. That was the same one that um Dennis Rama got tackled in overtime. Michael and Scotty had kind of held them back because I I, forgot, I think it was Jerome Kersey that Him, they were shoving each other. Michael and Scotty said, "Dennis, get back!" They had to tackle him in front of the scores (laughs) table. Yeah, I think that
2: that, that one yeah. I remember being a WGN one we actually had a yeah. performance the next day and I remember staying up and watching this from what I remember it was Jordan Kobe and I remember being it was back in yeah. the day where you sat down and you watched the entire Bulls game start to finish you, yes. you ate your dinner there and there was that but that's one that stands out I'll think of others though come back to me next appearance I'll see if I can uh I can drum up okay. a few others I think I think the 70th win for the Bulls in two in uh 96 90, 95 96 I think that was a sports channel game, Yeah,
0: kidding. it was. Yeah, so I think yeah. that. I
2: think that was a sports channel game. So yeah, no, I'll think about it.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's just one more game before we spring you. You guys, sure. I know this was sure, and this was on. Uh, this game's on YouTube now, but you guys did when interleague play started in '97 for MLB. You guys did broadcast the first Cubs-Sox game from Commission. Oh yeah. You should and do that wore, one. And they wore the throwback jerseys. I yes. Yes. Yes.
2: throwbacks. Yes. And, the Cubs won that game. And I think the Sox took the next two. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the Cubs swept the next year was the Brant Brown game. Yeah. Uh, was, actually, <laughs> the Sox fans, Sox fans will remember it because it was an Ivy game. I think the Friday game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, it was right
1: like so, there. Yes.
2: Yeah. And then, and then the White Sox, the kids could play in 99 swept the next year. So that's what yep. I remember. Yep. It was kind of those weird back when they were just playing once a year. So all, yep. all yeah. fun stuff, fun stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, last question for me. I know you do the the Valkyrie uh, brewery on your on your uh yeah. social media. I don't know if you to still doing on on Twitter with all the weird stuff that's going on there. Yes. But what you know, what's been your favorite beers? Since your last, time? I know you you you, you you've uh, you've you know chocolate beers and pumpkin yeah. beers and such. You know, for different breweries all over. I'm glad that you did you know one for a a, a minority owned uh, brewery. Mm-hmm. I commend you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah. So, uh, what's been your favorite beers and you know stouts and such? You know, for people who know that. You know, that's kind of another great thing that you do. So uh, tell us like your, your favorite like stout since the last time you've been on with us.
2: So I had one from, what was, it? was it Riverlands that I had uh, There was an Irish stout that was really, really good. I really enjoyed. I'm actually going to go back here and see some of the beers that I had because I sometimes forget. Um, so I did one, you mentioned uh, Lakina the Stroll. Yep. So I did the version from Moores and that was outstanding. In fact, it probably mm. was my favorite um, of the entire uh, series. Uh, that i that i did i've tried all of them so i bought that beer so that was a uh, beer that was done with the black owned breweries in chicago uh jay the black beer baron jay westbrook uh had a big part to doing that so funky town moore's uh, haymarket did one i'm for oh 18th street uh 18th street did that as well uh let me see i'm just gonna roll down if you don't mind me being Uh, patient here. I had Krampus Cookies, which is from Old Irving, which is a favorite brewery that I have. Um, That's on the north side. That was outstanding. So that was one of my favorite ones uh, that I was able to have. Uh, Had the Guiles Barrel Age that they did with a uh, Bottles and Cans, which is a local shop up here. I'm trying to go back a little bit to the holidays as well. There was another one. Where am I looking? I can't believe, you know, it's funny. I do a lot of these beers and I always forget. Uh, For those of you who like Goldfinger and you're out in the suburbs, I've had, I had one of their beers. uh, That was a Maplewood collaboration that I really, really enjoyed. uh, That I thought was really particularly outstanding um, that I've had. That was a smoked beer. Um, Just kind of going down here. Gosh, I forget these so much. I have to like, I have to do a better job of, uh, of doing that. So I'm trying to look at what ones that I had before uh jay did his uh with sketchbook brewing in evanston uh jay did his uh pathways to liberation uh which is a beer that i know that he did with sketchbook book that i i think was about uh i'm trying to think it was kind of history there that was a particularly good one forgive me i'm i'm going straight down the line here i'm I'm actually looking because i actually have a pretty good access did funky town i did funky towns uh I did their wit beer, which I found very, very good as well. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else I had. Uh, and those probably going back about seven or eight months and that I really, really enjoyed. But those are the best ones that I've had, at least in the, in the recent memory. Uh, for those of you who really, really like Hazies or really like super beers, I actually had a quintuple hopped beer from Microphone out in Elk Grove. Uh, that was particularly outstanding. So I really, really enjoyed that. But I'm trying to think of other beers that I've had. You know, because I do tend to try a, a number of them. Um, but I really enjoyed them. Uh, as I mentioned before, Jay's Harold's uh, '83 Honey L is probably still one of my favorite. Uh, one of the one of these days, I have to just sit down and do a Hall American team and actually do my top five beers. Um, sorry, <laughs> Lakina, that took me no, no, way too okay. long to think. That took me what? way too long to think about and remember.
1: Well, no, 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 you know what? Look, you just get yourself an idea. You do your top five or top ten beers you do that my you've top done ten. so far. Yeah and,
2: far? I, yeah, and I keep them usually within state. So usually within the area, it's usually for sure within state uh, that I try to do it. So usually, I think the farthest I've gone south is Bloomington, Illinois. I think there was a brewery out somewhere in Rockford as well. But, you know, they, there's some good ones. And, and like I said, you know, there's uh, there's other ones that I, I I try and I keep enjoying. So I will definitely think of other ones to to try and ones to think of. Cause I do, I try to try as many as I can while also not having too many, so I can keep in shape to run the marathons, but uh, <laughs> no, it's good. I'll think of more though, but yeah, I, I think that's probably one of my favorite things is, is kind of trying all the new beers, finding new breweries, if I can find a new one, which can get kind of hard sometimes. So I've tried a lot so far, but those are just some uh, breweries that I really enjoy. Again, Jay Westbrook, who I Can speak of all the time. Oh, you know what? Thrower Scotch Ale. I didn't do that for a beer review. I did that for a story. That's at Haymarket that Jay made uh, about Willie uh, Thrower. He was the first black quarterback in the NFL uh, with the Bears back in the 1950s. I don't know why that year is slipping my mind. I think it's 57. I have no idea why that year is slipping my mind. But uh, that was an outstanding. See, that's my range, though. That's a Scotch Ale. That's a uh, brown, red ale, a little bit of power to it, but not too powerful. That's my that's my wheelhouse so uh thrower scotch L is really good that's probably one of my favorites
0: uh, all right that's uh wgn tv's larry harley he's a sports producer over there in chicago he does uh, a great job and you can catch his vignettes on sports and more especially with wgn celebrating their 75th anniversary this year you can follow him at harley sports on twitter There's H-A-W-L-E-Y sports on Twitter. And go also go find him on Instagram as well. He's a great follow there. Larry, thank you as always for joining us today. Sorry it's been so long though. You're a very busy no, guy. It,
2: it's all good, man. It's all good. I also want to tell you some breaking news. I actually had to write it during the appearance. Jonathan Taves will come back for the Blackhawks. He's going to play tomorrow night. So.
1: I guess All does. right. Yeah, I just saw that. Yeah. Saw yeah. It. So HN come back. So for those
2: in sports who like it, that's cool. He'll get a chance to play before his contract expires, and either he joins another team, stays with the Blackhawks, or he decides to retire. So uh, interesting to, that that came up here just as we were doing that. But um, yeah, great to join you. I enjoy your program. Uh, happy to have you back, and uh, we'll have you both on uh, WGN News now as a uh, nine good minutes sports talk. So we'll have you on here in the next couple of weeks. I appreciate right. it as always.
0: All right, looking forward uh, to it, Larry. Thanks a lot. Nice. Thanks, Larry. Yeah, have a great day. Have a great weekend.
2: you, no, you too. Safe. Keep up the great work. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Same to you. All right.
1: All right. I think I know. You know. You know. I know he gave uh you know Larry our buddy Larry Holly of course you know gave his first opportunity too at the old
0: uh yeah sports feed yeah mm-hmm. you know, the old
1: sports feed so yeah I can't talk for a second but uh <laughs> know, you know, say, yeah yeah it happens but, it yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah, I just saw. Yeah, I just saw that come across the wires a, a couple of minutes ago. It's interesting that he is that, that he is coming back. I mean, there were kind of rumors that he wasn't going to play. You so to talk about Jonathan Taves. So, interesting that he's going to do. It, he's going to do it against the Devils you know, tomorrow. So, I'll look at. You know, that that should be interesting. So, we'll, we'll see.
2: Yeah, it'll be yeah, interesting. But, I, I'm curious if he'll. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm curious like what's going to be with. I don't know if he'll retire. I mean, based on what he talked about Tuesday. I don't know if he'll retire, you know, kind of the way he was talking about it. Is it the pain's worth it? You know, if he feels good to do it. So it'll be interesting. All
1: right.
2: Well, all right.
1: We- all right. You, you stay safe, Larry. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Was I supposed to
2: interrupt there? Forgive me. No, 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 it's no. you no, no, good. No, no. You're good, No, It's awesome. Have a great weekend, guys. Enjoy the final four.
1: All right, you too, you thank you. Well, okay. now, uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Final Four for a second here, these last few minutes. Actually, second State Sports on Sports on so Chicago, Lakeena McGee, Sidney Brown uh, with you. Now, let's start with this first game, uh, you know, in Houston. You've got, of course, San Diego State and Florida Atlantic. Of course, we talked about Johnny Davis uh, from uh, Florida Atlantic Conference Player of the Year from Conference USA. Then you got San Diego State, who's been around. you got Damian Treble, mm-hmm. you know, among others. So what do you think is going to be the key to this game, Sid?
0: Uh, I'm not going to say it's going to be a track meet tomorrow because of what happened. Uh, of course, I'm referring to San Diego state. Of course, they struggled to score against crane last, last Sunday. Uh, but I think it's going to come down to, uh, the, the fundamentals are rebounding, uh, assisting and who's going to make the big play. And for Florida and Atlanta, we saw what they did last Saturday afternoon against uh, right. Kansas state. Uh, they dominated inside, especially in that second half. And so, uh, I, I think it's going to come down to uh, rebounding and who could, uh, who does uh, the intangibles uh, at the highest level. That's what's going to come down to. I don't think it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's not going to be like a Princeton or, or some of the or Virginia type games. Uh, heaven forbid that that happens. But
1: Lord, I hope not.
0: I uh, hope. I think it's going to be in the mid to upper sixty, maybe lower seventies. That'll be good for me. So, it's, but it's going to come down to defense and in in the intangibles. So, who wants it more? And I uh, do have San Diego staying the closer, but I don't think Florida's going to go away. I, I don't think they're going to go away, and nor should they.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, Vladimir Golden, who we've talked about in the last couple of games, he's got he kind of like the guy on the inside. So we're interested mm-hmm. to see if um, if uh, Nathan M- M- Mensah, who's also six ten, yeah, I think those two are going to have a nice little matchup there as well. Mm-hmm. And plus, remember San Diego State's a veteran squad; they got a lot of seniors on that team. Yes. you know Mensah's one, of course, talk about uh, David Trammell, who's a fifth year guy uh Michael, uh, Matt, rather, I should say, you know, a lot of people, you know, he's also could be a factor here as well. He's one of their leading scorers I'm about, for San Diego State. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, which sort of like the veterans, you know, of course, you know, like Larry said to me a couple of years ago, they, they could have easily been the number one seed had they played a the tournament. Of course, it wasn't for you know, the COVID COVID mm-hmm. year. So i will just see you know, this could be their time to shine. So I think I'm thinking San Diego State in this one.
0: I'm going with San Diego State, too, but like I said, Florida uh Atlanta, they're not going to go away quietly. Uh, they're going to use their inside game like they did last week to clinch the Final Four against Kansas State. But uh, I'm with you. I have San Diego, St- San Diego State in this one. I wouldn't be surprised between a five- and seven-point range.
1: Yeah, right.
0: I think that's about right.
1: Yeah, it sounds about right for this time, especially for San Diego State because, you know, that's been you know, their average. Now, speaking of averages, you know, UConn has had a totally opposite effect. You know, they've been averaging. I think they averaged like like 20 points or lower, 21 points but, you know throughout the tournament. Uh, you know, Jordan Hawkins, who I just saw on the crossfires. he was a little bit under the weather. He doesn't have COVID, but he is a little bit under the weather. So that could be something to look out for. Uh, we talked about uh, him. We talked about, uh, um, um, excuse me, Sanago, uh, Adama Sanago. Uh, who's mm-hmm. we their big guy up front from the inside and the outside. Now, of course, Miami, they don't have slouches. You know, they got Isaiah Wong, who's, um, you, know, who's you know, I think what conference, who's AC player here, or I think he was all ACC at the very least. Uh, Norcad Amir, who you know could be you know, that, that force in the, the inside as well for the rebounding. So this could be a track me. I don't think it's going to be a blowout like, you know, I don't think you guys could blow out Miami like they've done with other teams. But I think Miami could definitely hang with UConn. Now, you can kind of go a good 10 or 12 deep, so I'm sure Danny is going to be playing out with different uh, uh, combinations of stuff. But, you know, we know about Miami's defense, so this could be one of those days where who can control the pace.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that great point, Lakina, because you mentioned UConn's head coach. You, they can go 10, 12 deep, and I think how, how does the Hurricanes handle that because uh, some guys, they don't play during the season or they haven't played during certain games. Those certain guys are better matchups for certain teams in certain styles so I think that's going to be key well both these teams average in the high 70s but I think it's going to come down to three-point shooting and I know Miami can do it I know UConn could do it when they get high but it's going to come down to three-point shooting for me and also too it's going to come down uh to rebounding and it especially if UConn can get out on a fast break it's going to come down to three-point shooting and fast break points points Whoever has the advantage in both those categories, I think they'll win.
1: I think second chance points also gonna be a factor too because we know both these teams, you know, can do well with the rebounding. So it's gonna be interesting mm-hmm. to see, especially with Omir and a uh, uh, Sanago who's gonna have like that edge there. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. And now going back to the Florida Atlantic game, I know, uh, uh I got a buddy Lamont. Uh, he said he's picking Florida Atlantic. Well, remember, remember, uh, Lamont fatigue might be a factor too. This is gonna be their 39th game of the season. I'm talking about Florida Atlantic. So you got to think fatigue mm-hmm. might be an issue too. So, you know, for everyone else, it's going to be, the, what, their 35th or 36th game, which is not that mm-hmm. much. So that's, that could be a factor here. So that, that's something to look out for as well. But Look, I think, look, if you're CBS, you, 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 it is what it is. You try to, try to sell it. You try to come here and like people say, well, we'll talk a little about the women's tournament in a second. But I know people are already, you know, some people say, well, you know, the women's tournament will get more than the men's tournament. You know, no one's going to care. Yes, you will. You, you'll watch. I don't to <laughs> People say, well, I'm tired of all the blue bloods. Now they're bitching about now other than UConn, you, know, you got other, you know, other three upstarts people are, you know, already, complaining? well, no one's going to care. Stop. Okay. You know, make up your minds, mm-hmm. folks, but you know, carry on. Sid.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so we'll get to tonight's matchup with the women's finals. In just a second. But as I told you off the air, I believe last weekend, uh, I think it was on Monday. I'm really looking forward to that uh, UConn Miami cont- uh, contest, especially now before I wasn't looking forward to, I was looking forward to that. First game, um, Florida atlanta versus San Diego State. But I'm really looking forward to that second game with UConn in in, in the University of Miami. Who's I think whoever's going to score a score eighty points first is going to win. It's just overall, I know we broke it down just just a second ago, but whoever scores eighty points first, I think they'll win. But like I said before, with that matchup, it's going to come down to three point shooting and fast break points.
1: Yeah, that's going to be the key. Like I said, I think second chance points could be a thing. Who hits the three? Po- Three point could be the battle of the threes. You know both these both of Miami mm-hmm. and the UConn, they both shoot the threes very well. So we'll see what happens there now. Uh tonight. Uh the women's uh Final Four commences down in San Antonio. Uh, of course you got LSU. I think they're back. So I think it's like oh like 2010, I believe. But they still did, did their first uh mm-hmm. first trip back. Uh they play uh vod tech, who's making their first appearance. Um Kenny Brooks, yeah, of course. Yeah, I remember him for me. uh when he played at uh JMJ's He's from the area. You know, he's been able to build that uh, women's program. I mean, there there was some you know talk that maybe they were going to do away with the women's program and talk about with Virginia Tech since they weren't playing well. But, you know, he's definitely kind of built that program from the bottom up. Kim Mulkey, this is her first. Uh, this is her first real. She already has two national championships when she was at Baylor. So this could be one of those things where, you know, could nerves be a factor and such. So. Yeah, I'm gonna take L S U. Yes, Laman, I'm on BS on. Yes, Laman. I'm, I'm not sure he's listening here. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think look, I like how look, you know, they're they're look, they'll they'll worry about LSU. So I'm I'm uh, thinking that maybe they could you know kind of be sort of like that the that, that factor And, you know, Angel Reese, who's probably like well probably one of the outside of you know the other two, you know, Kane Clark and uh, Leo Leo is probably like that 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 third that second tier uh women's you know, player that you probably don't know too much about. So she could probably be like the so it'll be a factor here in this game tonight.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that second game tonight as we're talking about the, the women's final four. At least, no, sorry, um, Iowa versus South Carolina. We talked about it a little bit with Larry earlier. Will Don Stanley have a special defense set up for Caitlin Clark, or will she just let her go off and shut down the rest of her teammates? Pretty interesting well, dilemma. I'm- because Carolina, South Carolina, they play – as a team, Likina, they really don't have a, a true, true superstar. They play uh, they play as a team. They play as one on both ends on the floor. Uh, you can have Kaylin Clark go off, and she's a heck of a player, no doubt. But if no one else is helping her out, uh, you're going to lose the majority of the time. But that's well, what mean, anybody uh, in, in in any sport.
1: Well, yeah, I think the formula is there. I, I think because I, I've seen their Iowa 6 loss have been kind of like on both ends. You know, they... You know, it, it really gonna Good. it's going to depend. I think, you know, some teams, you know, kind of showed you that, you know, how they're going to stop her. I mean, uh, I know K State mm-hmm. edged him out a couple of months ago during one of the holiday tournaments. Talk about Iowa. Remember, Illinois mm-hmm. beat him. Uh, they up, Illinois, they upset him in Champaign uh, about a little over a month ago. So it can be done. And I think, like you said, I think it's really going to depend on what, what, look, this isn't Don Staley's first rodeo. So we'll mm-hmm. see if you know, what, what, what they use, what plan they use and such. So, I'm looking at that Maryland game where Maryland just hammered, they just hammered uh, Iowa uh, in their home uh, home court. And uh, uh, Kim only scored 18 points. So it could happen. So, and look, you know, South Carolina can go about, about nine or ten deep. So it's going to be interesting to see if South Carolina can kind of be, you know, I mean, yeah, they can win uh, Lamont. But again, you know what? Mm-hmm. If they can tame her, I mean, that. look, this is going to be the best defense that Kayla's going to uh, be facing all year. So I, don't be shocked if this is going to be the blowout. I'm talking about South Carolina Bulls out Iowa like uh, Maryland did a little bit over a month ago. So,
0: Yeah, I, I agree. But I'm taking South Carolina in this one. But I think it's going to be a, a, a classic game. and hopefully, we will get that tonight.
1: We'll see as long as I can see sports. uh, Well, I got LSU in South Carolina. I think we're gonna have an all SEC final, uh, much of the chagrin of some folks, I'm sure. (laughs) But uh, you don't say. (laughs) Yeah, look, look, it is what it is. But uh, as long as I can see sports on sports, so in Chicago, uh, Lequena McGee, Cindy Brown, uh, with you. Now, sticking with that, with the hockey uh, thing, uh, uh, the uh, the Bruins, Boston Bruins, I should say, uh, they put the President's Trophy. They uh, with their, they, uh, they, uh, with their win against the Blue Jays a couple of uh, nights ago. Uh, that's a franchise record of 58 wins this season. That's ties for uh, the most by, you know, set by the 1970 71 uh, Brewers for most points. So, you know, is it is it really the Brewers, you know, uh, Stanley Cup is the Brewers to lose and everyone else, or can they? It,
0: it, I, it, I don't it know. That, I mean, it, like I said, it seems that way on paper, but um, I know those Brewers players are, are being reminded by their fans. Right now, when I said regular season comes to a close less than a couple weeks or a week or two mm-hmm. from now, that uh, the regular season, it doesn't matter. Once the, uh, the clock, uh, once that first day of the playoffs hits, uh, it, it doesn't matter what you did in, in the regular season. So all it is about the second season. Uh, we talked about this, uh, mentioned this, Lakina for the last couple of weeks. It uh, looks like the Washington Capitals may not make it to the playoffs. I'm still cheering yep. for them to get in. But, you still have the Islanders, the Florida Panthers, mm-hmm. who's starting to get hot, Maddie Kachuk. I still remember his daddy playing. Uh, that shows my oh, age. Gosh. But regardless of that, uh, you still have the Florida Panthers in there, the Rangers in there, the New Jersey Well, the Devils. Rangers have, cl-
1: well, the Rangers have, cl- have closed to the spot. They've about the spot a couple of uh, nights Yeah, ago too, but so you got
0: all those teams in the middle of the East of Conference. Uh, they're, they're, they're jockeying for a position. Uh, they can give Boston a run. So uh, it, it's not – if people think it's going to be an easy path for Boston to make it to the Stanley Cup final, they're crazy. Not saying they can't get there, but we all know the playoffs are a different animal. And I just mentioned about four or five teams that can give Boston trouble. Don't forget about your Carolina Hurricanes as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they close the spot to uh, Toronto. I mean, they close the spot from the – I'm sure for all the Canadian teams who get in because – it, it, well, you,
0: know, Garrett, the,
1: you and Gary Beckman, both. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. But, I, but yeah, I mean, look, it's going to be interesting. I don't think it's going to be – I don't think you know, the other Brewers are going to, like, you know, uh, prance right through, you know, steamroll everybody because, like mm-hmm. you said, they got a lot – look, anything can happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We, we've seen it happen before, so I think, you know, I'm, I'm glad Bruins fans are reminding you know, the Bruins that, hey, look, you know, slow it down. I know you, you scored 121 points already as we record this, but – Slow down, but you know, yeah, it is what it is with that now. the Western Conference is still pretty much wide open. Well, other than the Blackhawks and the and the, and the Coyotes and the Sharks and the Ducks, but uh they've all been eliminated. But I think only the only Vegas has uh clinched a playoff spot already. So uh I don't I think the wild can uh clinch a spot. I think tomorrow. Yeah, their Western
0: conference is very much up for grabs. You know, St. Louis right. was left for dead early in the year. They traded Terry yeah, Cole. Uh, yeah. Minnesota Wild uh, is there. I know they got they were um uh, eliminated for the playoffs uh, last year in the first round, which was very disappointing. Like I said, Vegas, they trade for old man John Dequay, but it, they actually picked up their play after that. Uh, mm-hmm. Colorado they started up slow. I know they're the defending cup chance, but they started starting to turn around. Uh, that Western Conference is going to be wide open, of course. Edmonton led by Conor McDavid, who's just having a hell of a year. He's yeah. your MVP, hands down. Period. Mm-hmm. End of story. So Mm -hmm. then we talk about the middle of the pack of the Eastern Conference that could challenge Boston, those four or five teams that I mentioned. That Western Conference this year is wide open. So it's not, yeah, I'm not saying Colorado cannot make it back, but it's definitely not going to be easy for them.
1: Right, I mean, there are still a lot of spots. Other than, uh, of course, you know, I think the Knights are already only a uh, Western Conference team that have pushed mm-hmm. a spot so far. Everything else is, everyone else is still kind of like jockeying for positioning. So, mm-hmm. could you know, maybe could Seattle sneak in there? You know, look, a lot has to happen because they get one of those wild card spots. Maybe, uh, Winnipeg could be another team that can sneak in there and in of the wild card spots. So there's, there's still a lot to figure out on the Western Conference side of the NHL uh, playoff picture.
0: Yep. You're listening to Sega City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. We're Friday, fun, fun, Friday, however you want to look at it. I'm Sid Les- <laughs> and that's Lakina. We have a couple of minutes left. Lakina, I'll just read you a couple of headlines, and, uh, and we'll speed this up so we can boogie out of here and enjoy the weekend. Uh, this comes courtesy of our good friends from Awful Announcing. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk says that sooner rather than later, we're going to have the NFL football on seven days a week. Do you think that's even oh, possible? God.
1: How? I, don't How they they gonna, do- I know they're gonna get
0: the Black Friday game next season in 2023. Now, we talked about this on, I think, on our last show, the show before that uh the, that Thursday uh, the folk good folks at Amazon wants flex schedule for Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon, but no. can we see the NFL uh seven days a week? I know your commissioner Goodell wants that, but I don't see that happening. I just don't.
1: Yeah, I don't see like you know, the I know the uh, the players association. Yeah, I don't even think the owners want that because you're talking about okay. I I don't look. I know, you know with all the the weather issues and all the COVID issues a couple of years ago, they did have a couple of Tuesday, Wednesday games that mm-hmm. actually rated well. That's probably where this is coming from. I don't. Do you really want to compete against college football? I don't think they want that. As a person who watches college football regularly, I don't. I don't want. Look, I like my Sundays, Mondays. You know, if, you, if they want to keep Thursdays, fine, whatever you know the black <laughs> friday okay amazon you can have your friday your black friday game But, yeah th- that that just ended there i think there really such a thing as too much nfl so i think florio i read that article florio you're talking about with florio i think he might be a little off base here with a, a, a month, you know a tuesday game or it, it just seems a little bit silly but yeah I, I you can say that happening. college
0: football's been operating that way for the last i think decade decade and they have have except for mondays of course right. uh, outside of you know the national Championship right. game in January, but they play just about every day of the week. But that's college yeah. is different because you have NBA. over 100, 120 uh, programs in Division 1A. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's different. But I don't see the NFL doing it. They they want to do it, like you mentioned, they tried it a couple years ago doing COVID, but it's like, uh, nah, nah,
1: nah. No. <laughs> What's your other uh,
0: headline from uh, that real quick? Okay, uh, last headline before we close out. Travis is uh, and our good friend Alan Sliwa, he's the uh, pre and post game host for the yes. Los Angeles Lakers on ESPN 17 uh-huh. in Los Angeles. Of course, they have a midday program, which I think they're uh, they're, still, they're on uh, opposite of us right now on ESPN yeah. LA. Yeah. So go check it out every uh, get off of here. But uh, Travis Rogers uh, said this uh, about... The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, of course, Arnie Moreno, their owner, uh, he was mm-hmm. going to put the club up for sale. He's like, nah, not yet, especially with the Valley sports situation going on. We won't get into that here today. And, of course, Shohei mm-hmm. Otani, who's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, the L- the LA Angels said that their radio team, they were not, the organization will not send them out for road games. And Travis Rogers said on their sh- on his show yesterday with Alice Shaliwa, that's a middle, middle finger to your fan base. Thoughts?
1: Hmm. well, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think they're the only major team that well, actually, you know what? I actually see the couple of college uh teams, especially out in that area in, in, in California. So where you still see uh guys do a remote broadcast, whether it's your know, football men's and women's basketball uh, i think i love some volleyball matches i know i know, I know a good friend of uh, chris vosters um who does a lot of the big 10 stuff of course you know he's uh, uh the blackhawks announcer for uh, mm-hmm. chicago he was still doing some of those uh, remote broadcasts too so i don't know if it was because maybe it's a money saver i think at this point that's probably that's probably what it is it's not really about health or you know you know COVID and such mm-hmm. It's more of a money saver, I think. You don't have to, you know, take your guys out. You know, truck. You just have the trucks there and such. You can kind of tell some of the difference, you know, with the mm-hmm. how they're filmed. You know, kind of like what kind of cameras they use and laviers and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it's a disservice to their fans not having the radio guys there. It, it, it just, it just, it just isn't, as a, it just isn't, uh, uh, isn't uh, formidable at this point. I mean, there's really no, there's really no, uh, no sense in doing that.
0: And also, too, you know, listening to various announcements, where it's TV or radio, we had a few of them on here on our program throughout the years. Yes. And, and I heard uh, and hear many of them say in this commonality that it's nothing like calling a call the game where you're there live uh, on, at center court or at uh, the 50-yard line where this right. is what you want to talk about. And sometimes you like a Kevin Harlan who's very energetic. Mm-hmm. Yes, you could do that from a TV screen, but it's nothing like being there right in front mm-hmm. of the action. It just feels different. It, it sounds different. And it comes across our earbuds on our uh TV screens and, and through the sound, and it's nothing like just being there live.
1: Well, and yeah. That's and that's all purpose
0: the- of sports, right? In sports markets, yeah. it's just being there live.
1: Well, and I'll tell you a secret too. Well, I don't think it's really a secret unless you follow soccer, but uh not not all no NBC actually has so some of their people on they have all of them on the site because most of those guys they actually uh, have played in those areas like Tottenham and Liverpool and Manchester. Mm-hmm. So you know that they're they're there now for years. Though when they had when ESPN had the Premier League and I think Fox had it when when Fox had the Premier League, well, and then the Fox Sports Soccer, the old Fox Sports Soccer, they didn't have their uh, their people on site, but you you couldn't tell. Now nowadays you you know you can kind of tell if they're on site or not, and so mm-hmm. depending on how how they're directing it, so. You know it's going to be yeah so yeah this is a service to the angels and look like, you got otani and mike trout they and one or both might be gone before the summer's over with so yeah it may, not, it may be kind of redundant but uh yeah that that's interesting yeah i saw that uh uh yeah i saw someone uh i think bush tweeted that and i think he said the same thing like well this is just a service to the angels fans and i think he's right and i think everyone else is right as well so yeah that, that that's tough
0: yeah and also to another big secret uh, i think they still do it now minus the this last past summer and winter olympics uh, many of those um events uh outside of track and field and basketball mm-hmm. and swimming uh, some of those events are done by some of those announcers in studio as well too people didn't know about that for many years
1: right well well yeah they did like i said they did it for years in the, in the olympics <laughs> mm-hmm. even before covid so yeah mm-hmm. that, that's, yep. that's
0: my point Oh, yeah. Sorry.
1: Oh, sorry. I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Sorry
0: about that. I just saying uh, they was doing it. Like I said, that's what I said, uh, minus these last passing Olympics, Some, not all, but some of those events no. were, yeah. uh, their announcers were in studio doing them as well.
1: Right. So like yeah. I said,
0: this ain't nothing new, but just uh, information and and you know, all this other stuff has been coming out for uh, for the last several years or so.
1: Yeah it's, a, yeah, it's a little nutty, but I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think the same thing, you know, that they do in the previous Olympics, you know, I think they do it for costs and such, you know, that for, mm-hmm. especially back then, especially you can tell it like the 90s and 2000s, especially in the winter and summer Olympics. Like you said, especially with figure skating and all your know, mm-hmm. basketball, gymnastics, you know, skiing, all the big, the big events, you know, they're on site, but most of them, you know, some of them were kind of like in the. Uh, you know, in, in, in a studio, you just couldn't tell. So, uh, sorry. I think we might have let a couple of secrets out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry folks. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's tough for angels fans. Cause that's the, I know that they're, they're big in the community and such, you know, the rate they're radio guys. So, that that's mm-hmm. uh yeah that that that's tough that they got to do it again you know for no other reason more just just a cost it's 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 a cost thing that's all it is especially with the stuff going on with diamond sports and those type of things so uh, that might be another yeah. factor too
0: <laughs> yeah it's really a shame but uh those guys who are it, they'll do their job and bring the best product to the to the angels fans listening on the radio and on their app
1: Right, absolutely. And uh, real quick before we disperse, uh, this came across the wires. The NBA and NBA PA have tabled minimum age. Uh, this discussion, their latest CBA, CBA talk. So there are some rumors that they may do away with the 19-year uh, uh, age limits. Now looks like they're tabling it for right now for the CBA. So, all right. I guess yeah,
0: we'll, we'll see. Like I said, I think the CBA, I know the media rights deals up in a couple of years. So isn't the CBA right. up at the same time as well?
1: right about the same time
0: yeah same time yeah so uh they say they may not do anything for now but don't be surprised that that's one of the main issues um um going forward as they as they're negotiating because the only reason why I say that is because uh, LeBron James' son, Bronny jr he's going to be uh, eligible in a couple years mm-hmm. I know he's so- trying to pick out colleges now but uh it's gonna be a a, a hot issue so I uh, I know the NBA wants to put on the back burner for now but I guarantee you they're not careful with this. This is going to be one of the major issues going forward. Besides, and also low low management is going to be right up there as well because these owners are not happy with your stars sending out these games, especially the, the ones that aired on TNT and ESPN. Uh, and that, that's going to be another hot issue as well.
1: We and, and uh, Lamar's other son, Bryce, who's a sophomore, I believe. And, you know, well, he's getting a lot of buzz. It's going to be more so
0: affecting him. It's
1: going to be affecting him more than Bronny. So I, think, I don't mm-hmm. think Bronny – I don't think Bronny minds. I think he, he has that he wants to play college hoops. So that I don't think that's really going to be an issue for him. I think Bryce is probably the one that mm-hmm. you probably got to think about down the line. So, all right, we'll see what happens. Lamar Jackson wants to trade. Okay, wait. You know, he, it's not happening. And I know people want to say, oh, the Raiders are – look, stop. Just stop. My head hurts. <laughs> It's becoming Aaron an yeah. Rodgers annoying at this point. Get you an agent. I know you. people say you got smart people. Well, they're not that smart. You know, he's, you know, no, stop talking. Stop talking. <laughs> I'm just saying.
0: Well, you listen to Colin Kyle, Kyle Hurd uh, today, because he basically, him and Jason McIntyre both said the same thing. And we've been saying it for the last couple we of said
1: weeks. We've yeah. been saying it for like the last month. <laughs> yeah,
0: get an agent. That's all we have to say. Age, yeah. that's I'll we just say, say. I'll just say big cats like Colin Kyle, and, Kyle Hurd and Jason McIntyre, who I was listening to before we went on today, Said basically said the same thing. You don't want to deal with the headache. You just have to worry about playing if you're Lamar Jackson. Just worry about playing. That's it. The other people take care of the other stuff behind the scenes. That's what they're there for. We'll leave it at that.
1: Right, exactly, and on that note, you follow
0: me, Keith McGee, on the Twitter and a K S McGee on the IG. You can follow your Shirley Cindy Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D eight zero S I D K I D eight zero. Make sure you download that Sports Old Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms: such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's War Media P O D C A S T S. And we're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And while you are at it, please give warm media follow at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance. for your support.
1: Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends.
0: Make sure you catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, exclusively right here on Sports on Chicago from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Well, again, as the kids would say. You can catch Second City Sports live at 11 Color every Monday. Every Friday from noon to two p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago.
1: Of course, you can check us out anytime, anywhere on Roku TV.
0: Roku TV.
1: <laughs> just, just you know, if you got a Roku TV or a Roku TV app on your smart devices, whatever you got, or your laptop or Chromebook or smartphone, or wherever you got, just go type in Sports on Chicago on uh on that you know on your google uh, your well google or apple whatever Play Store that you got you can catch our show sean and maya the smoke fellas and what's up of The smoke fellas are gonna have uh some stuff coming up uh tomorrow with uh the final four right before mm-hmm. the final four so make sure you guys check them out and yeah so uh, anytime you want yo, it's right there for you
0: and you know we can't provide
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh lord we had to get that out there before the break so uh yeah, so, of course, you know, our, our thanks to Larry Holly from uh, WGN-TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, can, you can catch all his videos on WGN-TV and on, on WGN-TV's Facebook page and such. I'm sure the mm-hmm. you know YouTube channel as uh, well. And, uh, Sid, you're going to be uh, going to the Sox opener on Monday. Oh, thanks
0: for uh, blowing in my cover.
1: <laughs> uh, well, you know, people are going to know where you are, so you might, they might as well know where you're at. So,
0: <laughs> yes, this is going to be on a special mission on Monday. So, yeah, so Lakina and whoever who's going to replace me will keep you company on Monday. So, make sure you still tune in and support.
1: Absolutely. And of course, you know, hopefully, uh, Sido. Hopefully with still be the other class we play. Hopefully they'll be in a good spot, you know, to win that mm-hmm. uh that game against the Guardians on on Monday. But uh yeah, but with that said No yeah, San Francisco Giants. Yeah, oh, well the Giants, the Giants I'm sorry, my bad. I think I was thinking about it, I was looking at the Guardians 1st <laughs> the score for the Guardians. <laughs> so, yeah, the, yeah, the Giants, yeah. That should but that should be a fun one though, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. of course, everybody everyone played each other this year. So that would be that should be uh, a good one regardless. good should be a good series there. So even so, first said on the Kansas of the second state sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll well, I'll see you Monday. We'll see Sid next week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go Sox! Till then, holla.